and hello everyone. How are we today? Hello. M2 and I are at the physical table today. Woo! I am seated in the house of God. Yes. <laughs> so, please bear with us. Um, I've hopefully prepared everything correctly and have captured any audio issues before they turn up but as always whenever we play live and in person something seems to go wrong so let us just be prepared for that <laughs> so uh, let us get straight into it because we have a lot to do in this session it has been three ten days since you defeated the Archdruid Fomori and dispelled the mists around Bakumora, ending its existence as a domain of dread and returning it to its original place in the material plane. In this time, you have all stayed behind in Bakumora to assist the people of this broken land, to help them rebuild and in one short month, considerable progress has been made. A number of the previously destroyed villages have been re-established and refugees from those places have been able to return to their homes with the clear skies above visible once again. Crops have been able to grow with very little oversight. The rivers, streams and lakes appear to be once again flooded with, bursting with all types of marine life, crayfish, freshwater fish, and the types of water insects that feed the, that feed the aquatic animals that serve as the basis for the diet of the Bakumorans. Bonds of peace between the elves and the lizard folk have been shakily established, and although the two races are not at the level of cooperation they were in the past, the future is bright, assuming that Fomori continues to atone for his crimes and guide the two races closer together in his new role as a mediator between the two. And so you haven't had a chance to do anything, anything of your own pursuits. You haven't had a chance to use this downtime for your own purposes. However, Artis, to his credit, has spent the majority of this time in Uzima and on Yika's home, constantly poring through a seemingly endless procession of scrolls charts and books that he brought from Port Nianzaru, determined to find the entrance to the Shade Walk, the portion on the Shadowfell that mirrors Mesro, where the corruption of Cholt originates. And so, here we are, one month later. It seems at first to be another ordinary day. You are all just about completing your morning duties and you're assembling uh, in the town hall of the 
the town hall that has been erected in the midst of the village. The statue of Fomori has been pulled down and in its place a long wooden table has been inserted, crossing the entire town square. And here, once a day, you meet with all the villagers to discuss the day-to-day activities and track the progress of the villagers rebuilding. As you sit down and as as you sit down and begin to hear the progress reports for the day, everything is going well, the crops are growing, looks like there's going to be enough food to last the next winter. The people are happy and trade has begun with lands outside of Bakumora, something that has not been existent for 200 years. And just as you are wrapping up the day's meeting, you see something in the sky above, something large, a big shadow, winged, flying flying down towards you, the sun lit up behind it appears to be a large bird, abnormally large, perhaps some sort of eagle or bird of prey, but at least two or three times its normal size. What do any of you, what do you do? Would any of you like to do anything? I'm just gonna watch it. Watch it, yep. One of the elves, and all the elves sitting at the table look up their gaze instantly on this huge bird, and they begin whispering amongst themselves, oh, It's a bird! No, it's too big! There's nothing like it! Who? What could that be? The bird makes its way further down until it swoops down out of the sky and into full view, flapping its wings as it hovers above the long wooden table. Bulb and Zimhorn, you instantly recognize it as a dire eagle. Oh! The eagles are coming! Eagle at least three times the size of a normal member of its species, and as it scans the area with its stern eyes, it notices Zimhorn and begins to dive down straight towards him at lightning speed. All of the elves gasp. Zimhorn, do you do anything? No. The eagle dives down towards you, its talons extended, almost looking as if it's going to attack, but it does not. It reaches the edge of the table and clamps its talons into the wood, standing firm using the edge of the table as a perch, and then looking at you, ruffles its brown plumage, opens its beak, and a female voice that you instantly recognise as Messica begins to speak. Zinhorn, Bol, Lady Alessandra, you notice as she moves on in the background, you just hear Sir Lucy and Cleary's throat loudly. She says, each day... As I meditate in the Druid Grove, more of my memories return. Almost nightly I am granted visions from Uptow. 
I think I know how to make entry to the Shadowfell, to the place where Mesro is locked away. The visions tell me I must leave immediately, but do not fear. There are some who would help you catch up with me. I ask that you meet with Zashala of the Obanashi clan in the Temple of the Rising Sun. Before, before the Daijobi Senga, she has seen the same visions as I and will be able to provide guidance for you. I leave immediately. There is a sense of urgency to my visions and my memories and I know that I cannot waste any more time. I know it will be dangerous for me to leave alone, but I have to do this. Hopefully you will catch up with me soon and at the final destination we shall join together once more. The eagle just stares silently and then it opens its beak once again and Messica simply says, Good luck. Hubtow be with you. And then the eagle looks at you, Zinhorn, and holds out one of its talons as if expecting payment. Do I know what this is, or like. You tell what? it. It's asking you for a treat. Oh. <laughs> Pull out some booze fit for a dire eagle. So a deer. (laughs) 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 And uh, slob it up. Yep, so you grab one of your rations, place it in your hands, hold it out, and the eagle snatches it in its talon, looks at you and winks, and then lifts the ration up to its beak. Gobbles it away in what seems like a single chomp. And then it spreads its wings, lets out a cry, and lifts off, flying away into the blue skies hmm. above. Yeah. Just see uh, Alessandra watching the eagle fly away from where she's sitting at the table, just looks over and goes, well, It's very nice to have somebody go off an important mission and actually tell us where she's going. <laughs> <laughs> you read it's my also, mind. <laughs> it's also very nice for us to be greeted before the Lady Alessandra. No offense, stop it. None taken. Beside you, Artis, who until now has had his face in a book, just looks up and he nervously giggles and he says, Well, I suppose we should make haste to the Temple of the Rising Sun then. Messica is a capable warrior, but she will need your help. And this time, I will accompany you. I feel we are nearing the end of our quest, and the power of the Ring of Winter may be required. He then looks over at Alessandra and he says, Plus, I will admit, up until now I have not been exactly helpful, and I'm eager to prove that I can be of assistance and hold my own. Alessandra's not even going to acknowledge him and just look over the ball going, you wouldn't happen to have speak with, um, travel via plants lined up, would you? As a matter of fact, I do, and was just about to suggest that. Wonderful. Well, grab anything we need. Let's get this over with. 
Spend I actually want to see if that's a... You spend a few minutes heading back to the house yeah. that you've been quartered in, gathering your supplies, and then you meet once again in the town square. Zoma and Onyika are waiting, and as you approach, they both smile, and Onyika steps forwards, and she says, You have been... You have been the heroes that we have sorely needed and we can never repay you for what you have done for us both in dispelling the mists and helping us rebuild over this past month but now we understand that you must return to your quest Zoma, Zoma nods and walks up to each of you holds out a hand to shake your hand um, who's everyone shake his hand yeah yeah Bob does uh, I was gonna say Alessandra does but just goes you can repay me by never asking me to come back here ever again <laughs> Zoma smiles and he says yes uh, well normally I would take offense to that but I understand you fully Lady Alessandra please know that you are friends of Bakumora and should you return at any time if we are to be of any assistance, we will gladly do anything to honour our heroes. Then he gestures towards the grand oak tree that Onyika and Azima's treehouse rests upon, the biggest tree in the village, and says, I believe this will be adequate for your spell, Archdruid Bulb. It will, thank you. So you all may the sun shine brightly on you and the rains come evenly. He nods and he says, "Indeed, now that the mists are gone, I believe they will." And then move towards the tree. Bulb, you cast your spell, placing your hand upon the bark of the tree, and the bark tears open. Thankfully, this time without <laughs> an ear splitting. <laughs> I'm gonna miss the bleeding. Oh, thank God! <laughs> Revealing the swirling portal beyond. You all look over your shoulder, taking one last glance at the village and all the elves who even now watch you, smiles on their faces, looks of thankful reverence for their heroes. And then you step into the portal. There is a flash of light and what seems like less than a second later, you are stepping out of another thick tree trunk this time stepping out into the room in the temple of the rising sun that was lined with marble pillars in the middle of the room the fountain that links to the Feywild the water sparkling and clean and standing in front of it are two people waiting for you the first hunchbacked old woman wearing a greyish cloak. You recognise her as Oshala, the leader of the Obanashi clan, the leader of the order known as the Mage Hunters. The other is someone you have not seen before. He or she is about five and a half feet tall, humanoid shaped, but with the head of a dinosaur, a bony ridge running across the top of his head, his yellow eyes narrowly, his narrow yellow eyes cautiously watching you. He is wearing polished silver plate mail 
with some sort of symbol emblazoned in gold on the chest plate, and you notice a great sword in a you notice a great sword in a sling over one of his shoulders. So Shana Yep, roll. Oh no, I was just going well now. That sounds interesting. <laughs> so Sharla steps forwards, eyes all in turn, and she says, It has been a while, and I hear only good things. I hear that Bakumora has been returned to us, and the people there are rebuilding. Mm. Hear correctly. That's the short version of what happened, yes. She gestures towards the fountain behind her and says, As you can see, the Daijobi Senga is doing well. Since you were last here, my people and I have spent many hours of the day attempting to purify it, and for the most part we have been successful, although it has not yet returned to its full power. The majority of the corruption has been cleared away, and once again the Daijobi Senga is breathing life into the surrounding jungle. Um, can I walk up to it and pour 7th level regenerate into it? You can. Walk up to the fountain and course the magic through your hand and touch the water and the magic ripples across the surface of the water and you're not sure but you think the water is ever so slightly clearer now. Oh sorry I was talking about the um Dijobi Jemba to be. Well you know that the Dijobi Senga is in the Fae World which is but you do know water being clear and sparkling is very different to last time you were here when the water was just still and stale so it seems as if the energy of the Daijobi Senga has revitalised the fountain hopefully the yep. regenerate makes its way back to it yeah well you can you can you can wait till you get to the Daijobi Senga if you like oh would you do you want to take it back or I didn't know that we were going like I didn't realise we were going to actually go to the Daijobi Senga before yeah. we start doing things. <laughs> well, you, you, your ma- magic surges into the fountain, ripples across the water, and then disappears. The water looks slightly clearer, but you see no discernible difference. But you notice that the air around the fountain is cooler, cleaner, and tastier as you breathe it in. So your spell has done something. So Charlotte smiles and she says, We have been doing that every day since you restored it. Every little bit helps, and given time, it will soon be back to its full power. Beside her, the dinosaur man still silently watches you. He takes this opportunity to step forward. You hear his armor rattle. It reminds you of Sir Lucian when he's running in the midst of combat looks at you each in turn and then he simply says I am Dragonbait it's nice to make your acquaintance he then looks over at Artis and he says and from what I hear Artis you have not been particularly useful in aiding with the quests hopefully I will put a, hopefully I will make a difference and put an end to that 
Senator just smiles and goes, oh, we're going to get along just fine. Also, did you say his name was Dragon Bait? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's both ominous <laughs> and awesome at the same time. He says, I have been abroad, I must say, searching for answers of my own. So he bows his head and he says, let it be known that I too know the pain of being lost, trying to find your way back home. However, I was contacted by Messica and informed that Lady Alessandra had returned and Artus had begun his quest to restore Mesro. And so I travelled across the ocean back to Cholt. I am not from Mesro, indeed I've never been, but once upon a time Artus assisted me, and I regret to say that I owe him, and so here I am. I wished to accompany Messica to her, to the place where she has been guided by Abtal, but she instructed me to wait here for you so that we may search, we may catch up with her together. He looks at Artis and he says, she may have mentioned that she would prefer for me to be among the group making sure that Artis is doing as he is meant to. Yeah, so a set of eyes on him isn't going to hurt. That definitely sounds very reasonable. Welcome aboard. Um, simply just say that uh, most people that tag along with us tend to have a poor track record of surviving, but hopefully you can break that mold. Best of luck. Dragon bait smiles, his dinosaur mouth twisting into a curled mockery of a smile. He says, Do not worry for me. I am far more capable than artists would have you believe. In fact, he looks over at Artis, if I recall, when you were stealing that ring back from the giants, it was I who saved your skin more than once. Artis just chuckles and says, now, now, my spells prove to be useful too. Dragon Bait just scoffs. Then he looks at you and he says, rest assured, I will be able to pull my weight. I am a paladin of a god that you sadly will not know, but a paladin nonetheless. And as far away from my home as I am, my god still grants me my powers. You know about learning new things? You don't know the name of your god off the top of your head, would you? He looks at you, opens his mouth, and recites a series of guttural, gasping noises. What language was he speaking? do not recognize the language and he notices that you do not recognize and he smiles once again and he says as i said you would not know my god actually just to be a cheeky shit she's going to cast tongues and goes try that again just for a laugh (laughs) he opens his mouth and speaks once again and this time your brain passes the series of noises into a word roughly translated to the Lady of Justice. Hmm. This makes you think of... You, you may make a religion check if you like. Hey, that's what we're aiming for. 
Oh, God, there's my nat 20 for the day. Shit. The Lady of Justice. You know of no god by this exact name, but you do know of Tia, the Goddess of Justice. Oh. Hmm. Either what? Mm. Uh, what uh, race are you, exactly? He looks at you and he says, hmm. Well, normally Not I... to be rude. <laughs> he chuckles and he says, Please, I've heard the question more than once, and yet, still, every time it catches me off guard. He says, I am known as a Sauriel. He says, there are very few of us on Toril, perhaps no more than twenty. All sorts of funny things today. He says, myself and the rest of my race that can be found on this world do not hail from Toril. He says, rather, we come from a place far away across the void of stars and heavens. During the time of Rasnasi, an evil spell was cast that transported a number of my race from their world to here to serve as mindless shock troopers. The majority of us were destroyed. Only a few of us had the mercy of being freed from our bonds and having our free will returned to us. And ever since then, I have pledged myself to finding a way to return myself and my race to our home. Wait, how old are you? He says, by the reckonings of this planet, I am, hmm, carrying this, take that back, no, and then that would have been yes when I arrived, uh, 651. He says, however, by the standards of my own world, which circles its sun much slower, I am but 29. Huh. Well, either way, good job. I would, if you have time and don't wish to judge me immediately for who or what I am, unlike some people, I'd be more than happy to hear more about this uh, Lady of Justice of yours. He says, yes, the Lady of Justice in your language, one of the gods of my world. I believe here the equivalent would be Tyr. They are not the same god, at least I do not believe they are, and yet... All the time I've been in Toril, when I have prayed to the Lady of Justice, it has been Tia who has answered my prayers hmm. and who grants my powers. Hmm. Definitely sound capable, given that much. Hmm. He says, well, there will be much time to talk later. Hmm. Messick already has a head start on us. I believe we should catch up with her post-haste. Mm -hmm. Indeed, says Zashala. Somebody is waiting for you. In the realm of the Daijobi Senga, when you are ready, step into the fountain. Do not fear. The area on the other side of the portal has been cleansed. The dangers of the Feywild will not aggrieve you there this time. For me, that lovely polished person that ruined my breathing forever. <laughs> So basically, the person on the other side has blinked the entire time they've been waiting for us. 
Yeah, yeah, they have. So, <laughs> so you thank her for you thank her for meeting with you and wish her the best of luck in her continued efforts to cleanse the heart of the wild. And then you each step up to the fountain and one by one place your hands into the water. The cold water seems to grip your skin, pulling you further into the fountain. You do not resist. You give in and soon you are swallowed by a flood of light. Artisan dragon bait beside you. Nice. You emerge from the crystal clear pool of water, though you remain completely dry. Before you is a large green field spanning a hundred feet. Lush vegetation covers much of the ground, surrounded by a golden mist that sheds light over the entire area. In the centre of the field, a great tree stands dressed in leaves bearing the colours of all seasons. A faint golden glow emerges from the trunk of the tree. You recognise that this is the tree that once held the Daijobi Senga, now restored to its original form. An iridescent serpent with the face of an old woman stands before the tree, her eyes piercing you to the soul. Welcome, she speaks in a deep echoed voice. This sacred place is again whole due to your actions. However, there is still much to be done, lest the spread of corruption consume all of Chult and bring about the dark destiny of the one who stands among you. Uh, at that point, you just see Alessandra, his eyes just narrow. Alessandra, there is a reason your eyes should narrow, as you instantly recognize this serpent. It is the guardian naga, Sarja Nbaza, who, the last time you met, you struck down at the top of the ziggurat in the Cholton oh, jungle. Oh, that's her. Oh, th- oh, yeah. Literally, just any, any form of... Uh, uh, display or pleasantry just goes like oh it's you again wonderful nice to see you no hard feelings about the whole beating you to death and i'm guessing you're going to go back to that whole r word again i should probably warn you sort of a trigger at the moment might not want to use it too much she just looks at you she narrows her eyes and she says indeed we did not part last time on the best of terms but it appears i was wrong the soul of rust, the sea within you, not with, not, not guiding you down the path I thought it would. It is still there, but perhaps it is the last shred of goodness within rust, the sea, rather than a shard of his evil. I must say, Hearing what you have done, seeing that you have restored life to the Daijobi Senga here, I am willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and tell you how to bring about your destiny as a chosen of Uptau and one of the heirs of Mesro. The best of terms, the last time we spoke you told, well, you told my other half that we were walking a path that would have God ignore us. That's not exactly the best of terms, but you know what? Fine, fine. I'm not, I'm not doing this today. You know what, Bobbitt? You take over for a moment. I'm not interested in this anymore. Indeed, Sergeant Barza says. And I was wrong. It happens to the best of us. I may be the guardian Naga, 
But even I make mistakes. And in this case, I am glad to be wrong. For you have done much good in Cholt. <laughs> even though you have also done much harm. He says, but you have the chance to redeem yourself here. The warrior Messica has already gone ahead. Uptal guided her with his visions, and I now impart them to you. Before I begin, are there any questions you may have for me? <laughs> so Bobble just raises her hand and goes, Yeah, can I get that part about you being wrong in writing? I have several people and Bobble wishes to see. Mm. She just looks at you. No, you would. No, sorry, sorry. Bit much. At least, at least say it again. And just looks over at Artis, just to be sure. You hear, you hear a strange thing. A immortal Naga sighing in exasperation, and she says, "Bobbert, you are the piece of Rasnasi that I least expected." to find the last shred of his humanity and goodness and I was wrong. Thank you. Now, she says, I have a story to tell you. It is important that you listen carefully for within this story are directions that will guide you to your final destiny. When this world was young, the gods and the primordials fought for dominance. This age came to a sudden stop when the primordial known as Dendar the Night Serpent took the sun out of the sky. Eventually, the elder gods won the fight when the primordials were betrayed by one of their own, Ubtal the Deceiver. Oh. Ubtal made an agreement with the rest of the gods to guard the Cholton continent and to wait for the day when Dendar the Night Serpent would re-emerge in Toril to end the world. As reward for his service, the other deities granted him sole control over Cholt and agreed to leave his lands alone and never to spread their own religions there. I still remember when the first humans were brought to Cholt by Abtal. They came from a far-off land to the west, brought by powerful celestials known today as the Kuatl. However, as mortals often are, many of them were seduced by dark and twisted magics that threatened the balance of life in the jungle. And so the Emperor Quomek, one of Cholt's first and most powerful rulers fell to darkness, swayed by the magics of the Shadowfell, seeking to claim dominion over Cholt. The subsequent conflict against his dark magics created a shroud of darkness over the jungle. Quomek was defeated, and his dark powers sealed away, but not without consequence. A portion of Abtal's essence was corrupted by the Shadowfell's magic, was torn away and became a powerful shadow entity. After the conflict, Uptow built the city of Mesro, the place where his mortal followers could live and flourish in peace. The people of Mesro were taught to pass through the maze of life, 
becoming one with the true nature of their world. They would become a force for good, aiding Ubtau and guarding against the return of Dendar, the Night Serpent. This balance was maintained for millennia until the people grew complacent, making frivolous demands of Ubtau as a god, rather than contributing to the spirit of the jungle that was his power. Now, with Ubtau's departure, his people are left to walk through a maze without end. However, I do not believe that Ubtau, the great deceiver, ever really left Cholt at all. As a primordial, he had powers different to and far beyond those possessed by deities, and he placed much of his own essence into the jungle in the form of powerful nature spirits, among them the Nine of Omu. I believe that these spirits have become twisted and befouled, spreading their corruption over the jungle. One of these may have been the dreaded Atropal, the negative energy entity that drew Asarak to this land. It may have once been a shard of Uptau's essence. Another of these corrupted shards was Ifala Kuntho, the twisted nature spirit that, ro that wove a dread domain in the land of Bakumora. But these dark spirits are merely splinters from that original shard of Abtau, corrupted by Kuomek's magic, the oldest of them all. Calling itself Shavalak, it seeks to corrupt and destroy all of its brethren, turning Cholt into a land of lifelessness and despair. It resides within the Shade Walk, a twisted mirror of the jungle within the Shadowfell. I am aware that the last time you were here, the Order of the Sabaton were trying to obtain the Daijobi Senga for themselves. I believe they were guided by Shavalak, who they believed to be their god. Obtaining the Daijobi Senga would have granted Shavalak the power to defile Uptau's domain. And so, my visions have foretold of two possible fates. One in which Shavalak lives, bringing darkness first to Cholt and then beyond, while the other, should Shavalak be defeated, would restore power to the great spirits that breathe life into the jungle and fully restore Abtau to his original form. Only then will Mesro be returned from its eternal prison within the Shade Walk, and you would restore the balance that Abtau forged thousands of years ago. Her story comes to an end, and she waits to see what you have to say. because, you know, all of a sudden it doesn't seem so holy and above all. Secondly, this Shavalak person, they wouldn't happen to have a thing for dragons now, would they? She looks at you and says, Indeed! Abtau is the father of dinosaurs, Shavalak being a corruption of Abtau favours dragons. Did, did we already beat up Shavalak? Hmm. Uh, we beat up 
The one that she mentioned before yeah, Shavalak. Was that the one? She nods and says, indeed, however, Ifalakuntho was an aspect of Shavalak, a minor aspect, but one nonetheless. Indeed, you have already fought, tangled with this entity. And so that makes you the right people to put an end to Shavalak's machinations once and for all. Lovely, that was a minor aspect of him. Hey. Oh, Fuck. That means we didn't kill him at all. Hooray! Personal stakes. <laughs> keeper. Artis looks at her and he says, Well, I was correct then. Mesro lies within the Shade Walk. I I've been trying to find a way to open it. I figure if I head to the ruins of Mesro and use the magic of the Ring of Winter, I would be able to open a path into the Shade Walk. The Guardian Naga shakes her head and says, Indeed, perhaps that would have worked 200 years ago when the corruption of Cholt had not reached its worst yet. If you were to do that now, all you would accomplish is letting a flood of Shavalak's darkness through into the material plane. No, in order to enter the Shadowfell, the portal must be opened at two points. This would maintain the balance and allow you to quickly enter before the darkness breaks through the barrier. One of these portals is within the ruins of Mesro, of course, but the mm. other lies at the top of Quomek's Pyramid, his tomb, located within the ruins of his capital of Moratal. As she says this name, I would like each of you to make a history check. History, history. I, I'm trained in that. Holy shit. That's a five. five. Uh, 13. 13. Oh, no, sorry. 23. 23. 13. So, Bulb, you are the only one aware of this who's heard mm -hmm. this name before. In your work establishing the Emerald Enclave, you decided to try and learn of some of the lost settlements of Cholt, perhaps they could be found, rebuilt, and contact made with anyone still living there, and among them you read the name Moratal, the oldest city on Cholt. However, as far as you were aware, it is nothing more than a myth, it is not on any maps, and none of the texts you read gave any hint as to where this city was. Speaking of it rather as some sort of legendary, mythical place, something from the old tales and nothing more. Oh good, we're looking for the jungle equivalent of frickin' Atlantis. Yes. <laughs> Sarja Barton looks at you, seeing the puzzlement on your face, and she says, Due to Quomek's dark magic, when he was defeated, Abtau deemed that nobody should know where he lay lest his magic pass into the wrong hands, and so he wove a curtain of illusion over the city, disguising it. The only ones who were able to find it are Abtau's servants, the Kuatl. Okay, where do we find those? 
She says, I will send you to them momentarily. He says, but you will need this. She slithers over to the trunk of the tree behind her and sticks one of her arms into a groove on the front of the trunk and she produces a large gold coin with an image of a maze carved into it. You recognise that this is the corrupted coin that served as the Lich Kalati's phylactery. The coin that holds the essence of the Daijobi Senga. She hands it to Bulb and she says, You will need this. It is a golden it is a golden toe mine. It once belonged to Lord Cromek himself. And it serves as the basis of the Daijobi Senga. If you are to enter Chromex 2, you will need this. It should allow you past the wards that Abto, estab- Abto established around the pyramid and unlock the tomb itself. She turns to Artis and she says, You will go to the ruins of Mesro and, just as you intended, open the portal from there. Meanwhile, Bulbisaur, Zinhorn, Sir Lucian, and Alessander will travel to Moratal and open the portal at the top of Comex Pyramid. Then you will enter the Shade Walk and defeat Shavalak, and the quest will draw to a close. The balance of Cholt will be restored, and Mesro shall return to the material plane. She smiles. Is there anything you'd like to say to her? I mean, Any questions you want to ask? I mean, when you put it that way in such a matter of fact of speaking, it sounds really simple. It's about the fact that we're crossing into a different plane of existence, fighting a corrupted essence of what is now considered to be a god, and all of that, considering it nearly destroyed us, just a minor aspect of it nearly destroyed us before. But, um... Hmm. I don't have any questions. I, I... Um, does Shavalak's dark energy bleed out into Cholt from any specific point? She looks at you and she says, I believe if there was an origin point, it would be the ruins of Mesro. After all, that is where the Shadewalk resides on the Shadowfell. But no, it appears that Shavalak acts through the spirits of the jungle himself. The Shadowfell magic has corrupted them, and the jungle itself has become an extension of his influence, slowly corrupting the jungle and all who live within it over time. Is there an area of the jungle that got corrupted first? says most likely the area around Mesro and indeed when you think back you recall you encountered demons and undead in greater numbers around the city of Mesro if 
We were to get in contact with the Druid Groves, the, the fledgling Druid Grove in Port Nienza and possibly the Druid Grove in Waterdeep. If we got high-ranking Druids to come to measure and start a ritual to, you know, give life and um, and the tree's powers back to nature... Would that in any way weaken Shavalak by pushing his power back? She says, perhaps it would only be a temporary measure. Whatever life they restore would, within days, once again become corrupted, but... Yes, but if they went there, started a ritual at the same time, granted, we would need to coordinate, but if they were doing the ritual at the same time that we were to... Face Shavalak, would that potentially give us an advantage over him while he tries to deal on both fronts? Yes, yes, she says. It's worth a try, I believe. It would weaken him at least a small amount. She says, if you made contact with the druids now, it might take them several days to reach Mesro, but... Yes. If but that would just require us to wait a couple hours in here. Indeed. If, if the time dilation is still a thing. I mean, the last time we were here, we were only here for a few hours and we lost, like, three, five months outside? Oh, well then, okay, we wait half an hour. Sergeant Vaza smiles and says, This portion of the Feywild is a connection between the Material Plane and the Feywild. Stabilised by the Daijobi Senga, time flows normally here. But, she says, if you could contact your druids and they begin the journey immediately, by the time you open the portal to the Shade Walk, and, well, once you've entered the portal, you will still need to cross the jungle in the Shadowfell to reach the location of where Mesro lies on this plane, and that would take at least several days. By the time you reach the Shade Walk itself, your druids will have arrived and can begin the ritual. The timing should work out almost exactly. Now, the only problem with this plan, does anybody have a way of contacting <laughs> people over great distances because I don't have animal messenger. I mean, I had the communication scroll, but I don't think that works anymore. Sarja says your name and title and deeds command a lot of respect among the Obanashi clan, Archdruid Bulb. If you would leave some sort of missive Behind, I will have it passed along to Zoshala, who can use her magic to make sure it is sent to Port Nianzaru with haste. That, yes, that should work perfectly. Bob, I'd like you to make a persuasion check with advantage, please. Yeah, what's my first roll? Come on, new dice. Uh, well, okay, so I physically cannot do worse than what I just rolled. 
Alright. And uh, my second roll was a 13. 13. DC was 12. That Ooh. was good. Oh, thank God. So you reach into your cloak, pull out a scrap of parchment, and write down your plans. Um, requesting aid from some of the druids in Port and Yansru, and if possible, if Falinor, if Melanor Falbranch in Waterdeep can be contacted to send some druids of his own, and then you sign it with your name and Emerald Enclave insignia, roll it up, tie it with a red ribbon, and hand it to the Naga. She says, I will ensure Zoshala has this scent the moment you leave. Now... Thank you. I believe there is no time to waste. Are you ready to leave? Is there anything that must be done? Um, Please know that once you leave this place, there will be no turning back. Did she mention where Morthal actually is? Because All she said is that the Kawadal will take you there. Okay, well we got that much at least. Uh, the... <sighs> Well, I'm pretty much ready, except that I, one, wasted a seventh... Well, I don't know if I wasted it, you know. No, you but I've actually, used a seventh level and I've a sixth level spell slot. That that oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, do you know a lot about Denda, by any chance? This snake lady? Denda, the night serpent? Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the primordials. Uptow's broodmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Uh, Bob just fished through her pockets and pulls out the blood uh, potion that she found at the last place we visited. I mean, found this. Um, I can't remember what the name place is. The potion of oh, the potion it, in it was the tem- yeah in Bakumora. The note with it saying that it basically grants invulnerability, but also brings one closer to Denda. She peers at it and. Then she says, yes, as you know, the URMT worship Dendar the Night Serpent, consider themselves his children, mm-hmm. and they prepare the world for his eventual return. Mm-hmm. This potion will not make you closer to Dendar, at least not in the sense you are expecting. Rather, this potion will cause one who drinks it to become a URMT, or... She looks at you. In the case of one who is already a URT, to advance their transformation uh, into a fuller-blooded member of the species. Uh, well, not gonna lie, I kind of want to see a furball URT. Yeah. Good <laughs> <laughs> Out of game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, keep that in mind. Now, she says, I will use the magic of the Daijobi Senga to send you to the meeting place with the Kowatl, provided you give them no reason to suspect you mean harm to the jungle, they will accept you and take you to Moratal. They are servants of Uptal, just as I am, and just as you are. I'm going to be honest, if we manage to convince them that we do mean harm, Zinhorn and I aren't doing our jobs properly. Yeah, I mean, Bob, it's not promising anything. People seem to just naturally have issues with her on site, but... Also, uh, out of game, a gift from a uh, dryad, is that what the lady at the front of the temple was? Um, Yeah, 
dryad. A gift from a dryad would be pretty convincing, but yeah. we mean, yeah, cool. Because I've still got that jar with a dryad apple plus preserved. You have, plus you have the golden coin. That, mm-hmm, well, the yeah, I've... <laughs> yes, I also have yeah. that. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want them to know that you have it, you might not. Um, That's true. And so, at this artist's... Artist grabs the hem of his cloak, switches it around his body, and says, Well then, you all make haste to Moratal, and I shall head to Mesro and prepare for the ritual. Dragon bait steps forwards, the hand, his hand on the hilt of his blade, and he says, Oh no, Artis, I'll be coming with you to Mesro. Oh, Dragon bait. Yes? Uh, when the druids arrive at Mesro, this man is not to give them any... Instructions at all. <laughs> of course not, says Dragon Bay. That is why I volunteer to go with him. Thank you. He says, Do not despair. Once the portal is open and we are in the Shadowfell together, we will once again join forces. And my blade shall aid you. I look forward to it. Sarja and Barza smiles and she says, Well, I see no time. I see no reason to waste more time. Artist and Dragonbait, if you would stand here, I will have you sent to Mesro momentarily. The rest of you, please step forwards. She slithers away, allowing you to stand into the shadow of the tree. Step forward. Step forwards into the shadow. The Naga, the Naga still smiling, says, Now, close your eyes, clear your minds, and prepare for what lies ahead. Oh no, I'm not good at that. Oh no, Bobbit's gonna get teleported somewhere else. (laughs) So you notice the nervous look on Bobbit's face, but Bobbit... Screw, clamps her eyes yeah, just, shut, screwing yeah, just her face literally that, up. like, look of a, like, freaking six-year-old that's, like, trying to remember something. He's just, like, every ounce of concentration of just empty, empty everything, concentrate. <laughs> and after you roll, close your eyes. You hear nothing. You feel nothing. And you keep them closed, waiting for the Naga to tell you to do something. But she says nothing. And then you feel... A gust of wind buffet your faces. You open your eyes and find that you are no longer in the shadow of the tree. Rather, you are standing at the top of a plateau, towering above the the jungle canopy of Cholt, at least 2,000 feet high above the clouds. From here you have a full view of the landscape across northern and western Cholt. You can see the Aldani Basin as well as a few notable sites such as the ruined city of Mbala and the Ziggurat at Orulunga where you met the Guardian Naga the first time. This area bears a stark contrast to the jungle below. The ground here is soft, covered in bright, neatly cut grass and patches of beautiful blue and white flowers. A small pack of tiny winged lizards flitter around playfully. The edge of the outcropping ahead basks in the glow of an unobstructed shaft of sunlight. Okay, Bobbit needs to learn how she does that. 
What would you like to do? Um, Could I make a perception check to see if anything knows that we're here? You can go ahead and make a perception check. While he's looking around the game bearings, uh, Bill would like to go over and get Zinhorn for a second. Yep. Uh, 17. 17. So, Bulb, you look around and... The only life that appears... The only life here that appears to be aware of your presence is the small, flittering, winged lizards. You notice that they play among the flowers... But they mysteriously, for some reason, seem to avoid the shaft of sunlight that bathes the edge of the outcropping. Okay, well, um... Can I do, like, a nature check to see if these lizards... You can. To see if I know what these lizards are and if they are sensitive to sunlight? Oh, fuck. Uh, it's a 10. So you recognise them... The good thing this is a very low DC. You recognise oh, them as a relatively... A relatively ordinary species of Cholton winged lizards. They used to be very common, but have become sadly endangered. And seeing this many all together is a rare sight. Um... Rather, you know that they do not fear the sunlight. Rather, they love nothing more than bathing in the sun. Does that explain why they're avoiding it now, or...? In fact, they shouldn't be avoiding it. There must be something causing them to. Okay, well... While... I'm noticing this, and while... Zinhorn and Bobbit get their interaction out of the way. I'm just going to use Druid Craft to make these flowers drop seed? No, flowers don't drop seed. Um, yeah, uh... Is there a way that I could store these so that I could start growing them in the Druid Grove? Just pick some and put them in your... Okay, I'm going to wait until we meet the guardians of this grove before I start picking flowers. Yep. Um, so I'm just watching the lizards trying to figure out why they're avoiding the sun. And I'll be right back while Bobbit and Zinhorn do their thing. See Sir Lucian nervously eyeing the winged lizards, his hand on the hilt of his sword. <laughs> Bobbit, take Zinhorn aside. What do you do? Um... And Bob sort of just looks and goes, uh, things are probably going to get pretty crazy soon, so I probably won't get a chance to say this properly, but I wanted to thank you for standing up for me with the whole artist thing. It, uh, I got, you guys are like the only people that don't immediately judge me for who I was. I appreciate that. So, thanks, I guess. My dear friend, we have been through quite a lot, but things have not always been smooth, but we were able to work things out, and uh, I stand by those who I call a true friend. Oh, uh, speaking of which, I have, um, well, it's sort of a present, I guess, not much to it, but, uh, so you're 
reach up to her neck and pull off the uh, necklace of fireball, well, fireballs that she usually has. And it's only got two beads hanging from it, but it's like, there's not many left on them, but you seem to be enjoying them as much as I do, so I want you to have this. Are you sure? Uh, you, do, you do like your... Uh... You do like your fireballs. At that point, you just see any nervousness she had in the situation just melt away. There's just a cheeky grin going, I know. It's nice of you to say, but um, let's just say I don't need it anymore. As she says this, the wind around the plateau seems to pick up its pace, <laughs> whipping her hair around you and adding whipping her hair around her and adding an air of the sinister to this comment. Huh. Weird. That happens a lot around me. Oh, I'm going to go see if I can catch any of those lizards. So you want to catch them? Don't run off too far now. I know, I know. Does anyone want to examine the shaft of sunlight? I mean, I don't have much of the way of nature, so I'm actually doing uh, yeah, plus four, but it's not really something... You've got more I nature can... than what I've got. Really? I have a plus zero to nature. How does the druid have a... Okay. Yeah. Well, Weird. to catch one, you need to do survival. No, that's even better, but no, I just... Well, I, I've got survival. I can do survival. So you want to catch, a, huh? catch one of the winged lizards? I kind of want to have a look at them at least up, up close. Okay. Bobbit, please make a survival check. That is a 17. So, Bobbit, you watch the lizards flitting back and forth among the flowers and avoiding the shaft of sunlight. And you step forwards, creeping into the patch of flowers. I, just, I do want to point out that I just, I just want to grab one gently. I don't yeah. want to go like, full on no, and no, just no. Like, grab it. You... you creep towards the flowers and you wait for one of them to flit down hovering above a large red succulent and then you carefully reach out a hand grab him by the tail and as he opens his mouth and squeals you lift him up his tail dangling from your thumb and forefinger sorry not the gentlest touch just did you just grab one of the lizards? Yes. I wanted to see them up close. The, wi- the lizard <laughs> squirming in your hand continues screeching, flapping its wings, and as you hold it, as you hold it above you, you hear a voice. You hear a voice say, friend or foe of nature. And you look and see there, standing in the shaft of sunlight, a tall, slender, golden-skinned elf. He was not there a second ago. His eyes glow a golden colour. His hair long, bright blonde. Just see, just Bobby absentmindedly let go of the lizard and goes, Okay, seriously, how does everyone else keep doing that? Uh, while you say that, Bob's going to call out friend. (laughs) You let go of the lizard, it squeals and scatters away and burying itself in the flowers and the elf just smiles, looks at you and Bob, you say friend and the elf says, and yet 
friends should know better than to disturb the wildlife. Ah, uh, playing trouble again. Let's just she... say they are friend of friend of nature. Yes, yeah, she's not as uh, old and worldly experienced as she looks. I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. The elf uh, steps uh, out of the That sunlight. is technically true. The elf steps out of the sunlight, and as he does so, the golden sheen on him disappears. He now looks much more like a normal elf, far less otherworldly, and... He smiles and he says, I am Baylair Aloro, the father of all Cholton elves. Uh, Servant of Hoptal, and I ask, what is your presence here? Uh, can, can, can you say the <laughs> name again? He looks at you and he says, you heard, you heard it, my child. Baylair Aloro. I look at you, I see a Bakumoran wood elf, which means you are one of my children. All the wood elves on Bakumora come from my bloodline. I have been here since the first settlers arrived on this continent. I was brought here by Abtau himself. I have been here and I have served as guardian of this plateau for the last 2,000 years. Wow. Hey, um, what, what, what was his original question? Sorry, I as a person got distracted with trying to write out his name. Yeah. His question was, what is your purpose here? Seek the Holy uh, Grail? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are here to uh, uh, help open the portal that will allow us to beat Shavalak so that we may restore Uptow to Chult. Please make a persuade check, Bulb. Oh, fuck everything. With advantage. Because he can oh, thank sense you. your love of nature. Yeah, uh, that's much better. Uh, that is an 18. Baylia nods and he says well then the time has come the storm reavers of Uptow shall take you to Quomek's pyramid and there you shall meet your destiny oh so that's not us aww that sounds like such a cool title to have I warn you the path is treacherous Guarded by spirits both ancient and evil. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, what did. Fuck. I did take notes, but this is what I wrote down when I was given the golden termine. Belong to Chromec, key to bypass traps and unlock the tome. Was that correct? Yes. Uh, does that include these evil spirits? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. No, sorry. I just wanted to make sure that I got the notes correct because yeah, you know we had a big law dump there, and I tried to take notes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Same here. <laughs> I got like about five things out of that whole dump, but still fun to listen. But oh yeah, way, definitely. Like you know, it's funny. All these different things that keep being brought up. All this ancient evil. I don't see why everyone's getting upset over the Rasna Sea. Seems kind of like 
Yeah, he was just Low, one. He's like lower on the. He's the yeah. longest in a string he's like, of evils. He's kind of like at the bottom of the totem pole. Everyone seems to get. He was the ant. He was the ant biting our foot while the yeah. snake clung from our neck. He was. Exactly. The elf. <laughs> the elf just looks at you and he says, "You are here, and so I will not ask if you are ready. I will simply warn you that it will not be easy. It will perhaps be the hardest thing you have faced yet, but." If anyone can succeed, I feel within you the resolve. Perhaps you can. He takes a step back into the shaft of sunlight and you see the air around him. And then where the elf stood, you see a winged serpent with brightly coloured feathered wings. And as he flaps his wings more of these winged serpents descend upon the plateau from the shaft of sunlight. The winged serpents gather near the shaft, coordinated in a beautiful hypnotic dance. Baylair leads them in a song whose words are ancient and unfamiliar. Lightning... Uh, yep. I was going to say, uh, how long has it been since we left the Feywild if time is connected to the material plane? Only a, Yeah, your tongues is still... Oh, so I'd actually hear this yes. properly. Oh, man, that's going to be trippy. It is some sort of ancient celestial, and although you can hear it, tongues does not appear to be sufficient to translate what it said. This is oh, magic that is ancient and primordial. Oh, yeah. Lightning crackles from the skies, striking each serpent and causing them to grow to nearly twice their size. One approaches each of you, beckoning with a nod of the serpentine head for you to climb aboard. Yeah, I guess we're doing this then. Oh, Bob makes a mental note to come back here and ask if he can take clippings. Um, but gets on. You wait to climb aboard a kawatl. At first you think it'll be an awkward fit, but... You find them to be fairly firm, and sitting upon them is really no different than riding a horse. Baylia turns his head, looks over, looks over his wing towards you, and he says, I will guide you to the city of Moratal, but our time is limited. You must keep up with me at all costs. Then... He extends his rainbow wings, flaps them, and soars off the plateau into the shifting weave of trees below. Your mounts jolt as they lift off the ground, following him. The upper canopy becomes translucent as you fly through a maze of trees, thick brush, and ancient stone columns. Then, just as you reach the other side of the canopy, a chilling wail pierces the air. And shadowy forms in the shape of monstrous humanoids streak out from the dark corners, darting across the landscape. Here they come! Baylorn, Baylear shouts. Brace yourselves! The humanoid shadows continue wailing and bark a single word in unison. Alessander! Oh, come on! And then, Alessander, in your ear, 
you hear a sinister voice. It simply says, You are heading to enter the Shadowfell, I see. Your business on the material plane must Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, really? Now? <laughs> you pull this shit now? <laughs> well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my actions. Yay! <laughs> yes. What? Doing dumb shit has consequences? Who knew? The Kawaddle furiously beat their wings as the shadow demons soar towards you quickly, gaining his ground. So are we like next to each other and whatnot? Yeah, you're all like flying pretty much parallel. And I'm the only one that heard them speak, right? Yes. Yeah, he just see Bobber going. Well, they all heard them go, Alas! Yeah, but yeah. Just have Bobber going, Okay, so. Turns out that. They followed. You remember that one demon that I negotiated with when we first first got the child? So, you know, the one that you told me not to worry about. You could start worrying now. No time for that, shouts Sir Lucian. Here they come! If we don't die now, I'm going to kill you. That's fair. <laughs> Agreed, shouts Lucian. Sixty feet ahead of you soars Baylor Aloro, screaming ahead, and you must try to keep up with him as the shadow demons chase you. So this is not combat, this is a chase scene, but you'll be able to do combat actions if you like. So you start hey. 60 feet from Baylor. Uh, is each square ten feet? Yeah, each square's ten feet each. Okay, cool. You must cool, cool, cool. keep up with Baylair until you all reach the city of Moratal. If you fall oh. 120 feet or more behind, you will lose Baylair. And that will count as a failure for this chase, and that will have consequences later. Okay, okay, so, okay, uh, okay, okay. We will go with Bulb first. So each yep. round uh. have several options. You may use your action to spur your mount onwards, gaining 30 feet closer to Baylia. You won't be able to attack or anything, and you'll need to make a survival check. You may also attempt to attack a shadow demon, stopping it from catching, from gaining on you, or uh, stopping it from gaining on you, making it harder for you to be attacked. Or if there's anything else you can think of that you would like to do, you may do that. Okay. Uh, two sec. I'm literally just looking up a spell and creatures. Uh, that you wait until the exact moment where it's the most important thing to do and then go, hey, remember that dumb thing you did like 50 <laughs> fucking sessions ago? <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to cast Conjure Animals at 5th level. 5th level, yeah. Which gives me 4 level 1 creatures. Four level one. And I'm going to summon 4 giant eagles and send 1 eagle to each demon to try and buffet them so that they don't get any movement this so, round. The shadow demons appear to be keeping pace with you and they can move slightly faster than the Kawaddle, but as the giant eagles caw and shriek and 
swirl and start flying around, pecking at the shadow demons. The shadow demons find themselves obstructed and they will attack with disadvantage. That, that's better than nothing. So the first shadow demon zooms towards you, Bowl, and holds out a hand and is embarked claws and tries to attack you to pull you off your mount so that you will be rolling with disadvantage. Didn't activate my shield, damn. So that is a 21 with disadvantage. Oh, no. Lucky was with disadvantage because it was a nat 20 on the first roll. Yeah. Um, yeah, that hits. So, Bolt, you take 11 points of psychic damage. Oh, and you shit. must make a strength save, please. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's decent. That's a 16. 16. You take damage, but you manage to spur your mount onwards, not losing any distance between you and Balia. Keeping pace with your keeping pace with your guide. Please roll a d20 at the end of your round. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. No complications. We move on to Zinhorn. What would you like to do, Zinhorn? Um, what is our current flying speed? Uh, sixty. Uh, sixty feet per round. Okay. Um, However, you can spur your mount onwards to make it move an extra 30 feet. However, that will use up your turn. Can I just get clarification? Yep. Because it doesn't... With wind walk... Yep. Oh, never, never mind, never mind. I just found it out. Um, and each round is a normal combat round, is it? Well, yes, except of six seconds. there's no initiative. It's, this is just, yeah. Yeah, and but there's like, there's still, yeah. still six seconds still per six round. Seconds, exactly, yes. Okay, never mind, that's not going to work. Um, also, keep in mind that if you if you are not riding one of the Kuwaddle, you won't be able to pierce the curtain of illusion and get to your destination. Right. Um, in that case, so we've got eagles attacking the, each demon That's at the moment, don't we? Disadvantage for the length of the spell. I just realised I need to roll a constitution save to oh, do my concentration, but that's fine. You may directly attack one of the shadow demons if you want. Um, going to... I'm just, you know, I'm going to spur mine on for this round whilst yep. the eagles are doing their thing. Okay, survival check. That is a 26. 26. You spur your winged steed onwards, circling through the air, dodging a tree as the jungle speeds past below you and move 30 feet closer to your guide. Please roll a d20. Uh, that is an 11. An 11. No complication. Oh, good. We like no complications. 
happens. At the end of your turn, one of the shadow demons tries to chase after you, but can't quite reach you, as you are 30 feet ahead. It is Bobbit's turn. I'll be right back. It's presumed your mount is still doing it 60 feet uh, and okay. keeping pace with everyone else, yeah. Okay. But you will not gain any ground unless you spur it ahead. It's funny that it took him two trips to the Feywild and one trip to the yeah, Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's finally this guy's slow. now plane shifting, so... Oh, okay. So what would you like to do, Bobbit? Yeah. I want to spur myself on, but I also don't want to leave Lucy and Bolt being stuck with like two each. So you can attack one if you like. Yeah. Alright, well, in my case, I will go with a good old fashioned Eldritch Blast to keep it simple. Yep. Now. So go ahead, roll to hit it. That's a hit. Don't, don't need to roll damage. Okay. This is. Oh yeah, go ahead. Now, are they going towards the same demon? Uh, I might throw one at the. Uh, I'll go um, one at number four, one at number two, one at number five. Yep. All right. Same one is a twenty-seven. One is a twenty-three. Third one. Now the third one feels as that does absolutely nothing. Okay, but you hit Shadow Demon 4 and Shadow Demon 1 and they each... No, no, I was aiming like, for 4, 5... Uh, four, four, 2, 3 and 4. Yeah, 2, 3 and 4. So you hit 2, 3 and 4. And the third one does, yeah, doesn't you don't hit. So. You don't hit number 4, but you hit right, 2 and 3. And they shriek, Alessandas! The Eldritch Blast strike them and they fall backwards about 30 feet... Uh, I could be I could be upset about this, but it's nice that they're not saying Rust and Sea all the time now. Yeah. Small victories, right, Alessandra? We're not talking about this right now. Meanwhile, Shadow Demon 4 shrieks and slashes at you with his barbed claws with Fair disadvantage. Enough. Fair enough. And that will be... A 10. Nope. So you duck and your kawaddle swerves to the right as the claws cut the air and you maintain pace. Please roll a d20. Okay. Five. Five. Okay. Oh no, I'm the one that gets the complication, don't I? As your kawaddle dives unexpectedly to avoid the shadow demon's attack, you feel yourself losing your grip oh, on its serpentine body. Please make a strength save. Okay, okay. Ugh. Please, please. 
Oh, thank God, that's a 23. 23. You wrap your arms tighter around what passes for its neck and manage to maintain your pace without losing any distance between you and your guide. Snake buddy's got to stay together. Okay, Bulb, you're up again. What would you like to do? How effective are my giant eagles at the moment? They're currently... Oh, sorry, I have to do so. Lucian reaches oh, his yes, sword sorry. and swings at the demon beside him and hits it, making it fall back about 30 feet. And now it is Bulb's turn. So your eagles are harassing the demons. Uh, they don't appear to be doing any damage. Indeed, you notice that every time you strike these demons, they don't appear to even care, aside from being slowed down. But the the eagles are making it harder for them to get a fix on you, so they'll continue to roll a disadvantage when they attack. You know what? Fuck this. I'm going to cast a second level spell, and I'm going to use my two sorcery points to make it a twin spell, and I'm going to cast Earthbind to Demon 4 and Demon 3. Whoa, one. So they need to make strength saving throws. Strength saves. Okay, so demon number four. With demon number four rolled negative three. <laughs> and the other wow. demon rolled zero. Their oh, strength is one. They have a minus four. That's amazing. Um, so now they descend 60 yeah. feet towards the ground until they can pass. Yep. They oh, descend God. 60 feet towards the ground, so they move effectively 60 feet away okay. from you. So they can't so get out of... They can't get out of that. No, they can't. Even if they roll on that 20. So, so have, I've just taken two out. Yeah, okay. So they Jesus. are pulled down, shrieking, Alessander! Uh, as they are pulled down towards the trees below, like dirt being sucked down a drain. Well, I'm going to have to apologise for so much of this, and I really don't want to. Shadow Demon Force... Dives down towards you, Bulb, and attacks with disadvantage. Uh, no, sorry, uh, they're, they're both concentration spells, so the animals disappear. Oh yeah, the animal. Yep, so it's just going to attack sorry. you normally. Seeing, yep. seeing it's no longer harassed, it takes its chance. It zooms in, raises its barbed claws, and attacks. And that is an 18 to hit. God damn it! Yeah, that hits. So that is eight points of psychic damage, and you must make a strength save, please. Yep. Sorry, did you say eight? Eight, yes. Yes, okay, and a strength save. Uh, that is a 17. 17. And now for my constitution. Hold of your That's bust. Mount as it jerks away. Ready, jerks away, violently writing itself from the pit and you maintain pace with Balea. Please roll a d20. Alright, uh, oh fuck, that's a two. That's a two, okay, that is indeed a complication. Oh no. Yeah. As the, as your mount recoils from the demon's attack, it is forced to make an unexpected tight turn. Please make a wisdom save to correctly guide it between two gnarled trees. It's a 16. 16. You manage to guide it through the trees, but only just, and you fall behind by 30 feet. That's, that's okay, we can make this back up. Okay, it is Zinhorn's turn. 
So Zinhorn is going to summon an air elemental. Air elemental, yep. The air elemental, the wind coalesces, the air elemental forms flying beside you, and where do you send it? I send it near Bulb. Yep, send it to defend Bulb. So... Thank you! So Bulb, that will help you next turn, and I'll explain how. Yep. And then going to get... Just activate my shield. Yep. So your shield begins flying around you, spinning like a helicopter blade around the flying Kawaddle, and Shadow Demon 4 zooms past Bobbit towards you, raising its barbed claws and going for the attack. Hey, you don't you. get attacks at nope, fair enough, unfortunately, because there's still, like, ten feet between you. That's fine, so... So Zinhorn, that's a 19 to hit. Even without the shield, it does not. Your shield swerves in front of you and the Shadow Demon strikes it, unable to hit you. Please roll a d20. Oh, that is a 5. That is a 5. As your shield swerves to block the attack, it hits the tip of your Kawaddle's wing and your Kawaddle makes an unexpected dive in order to right itself. Please make a strength save to maintain your grip. That's a 13. 13. You feel your grip falling and you nearly slide off the back of the Kawaddle. It realises you're about to fall off. It slows its descent so that you can grab hold and and maintain your grip, stop yourself from falling, but in the process you lose 30 feet of distance. Alright, welcome back to the rest of the group. How you doing? Bobbit is your turn. <laughs> I don't want to be here! Enough, none of us really want to be here right now. I'll be taking any and all blame that I will definitely be getting once this is over. I just look towards the vine and I'm like, he'll get his... Oh, okay. she'll get hers. Ah, uh, dear. Alright, so I have a demon in front of us. And one behind, one far behind. So, if I try an Eldritch Blast and hit this thing three times, is that affected three times or just once? Ah, uh, so, I'll say each time you hit it, you'll blast it back ten feet. Okay. Oh, it'll be like having a evocation without having an evocation. Okay, well in that case, just line all three and just go, we need to get out of the way now, please. That's a hit. 12. Let me check if that's a hit. I'm guessing everybody's pushing it. Uh, That is not a hit, unfortunately. Third's a 24. That's a hit. So which demon are you shooting at? Uh, the one that's in front of me. Four, yep. So you blast Shadow Demon Four and shouts, Alessandra! You hit it with your Eldritch Blast and it falls 20 feet behind. And then, hissing, roaring, it straightens itself and flies up again, catching up with you behind you and raising its claw going in for the attack. That is a nat 20. Oh, actually, it's probably fair that it gets that against me. You take 25 (laughs) points of psychic damage. You must make a strength save, please. Okay, strength save. 
DCs increased on a crit, so... That makes... Oh, dear lord, that's only an 8. So yeah, this is gonna be fun. That's only an 8. It strikes you, and you reach out to block, and it hits you oh, in a... magical effect. Uh, it's a, just a normal attack. Um, oh, okay, okay. Well, so. actually, yeah, it's a, it counts as magic. Okay, it's which a means I get yeah. advantage on that, so I will roll another one. Yeah. Be higher than a 4. That's now that's, that pushes me up to 12, which I'm guessing is still Yeah, the DC for this was 18. Fair enough. You reach out to block and you misread its movements. It swings up underneath your arm, strikes you, and knocks you back enough that you lose grip of your mount and fall okay. tumbling off crap. through the sky. Crap, 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 As you crap. scream, your mount roars, flaps its wings and swoops down to catch you, but you lose 90 feet. Oh, shit. Oh, 60 feet, sorry. Either way, that's not good. So if you lose any more distance, you'll fall behind and that will count as a failure. Oh, no. Okay, bold. Uh, so Lucian's turn. So Lucian spurs his mount onwards and flies ahead 30 feet. Uh, oh, and Bob, you need to roll to see if you get a complication. Uh, Bob, you need to roll to see if you get a complication. Oh, please, please don't. Nine? Nine. Okay, let's see. No, please, no. Nine. The shadow demon attempts to force your mount from its determined route, noticing that you fell through the air and you were forced to locate a new path. Make a DC 15 intelligence save. Okay. That is. What was the DC? 15. Shit, that's only a 13. Got inspiration? I do. I do. <laughs> Please, come on. That's better. That one's 16 plus. You quickly locate a new path through the trees. Point it out there! And your quaddle spurs itself forwards, violently flapping its wings, escaping the shadow demon behind it. Okay, Bulb, it is your turn. And this turn, Bulb, you have the air elemental beside you, which means uh, that if you try, that if you lose any distance, it'll be halved. Or if you try to spur yourself forwards, you will gain double the distance with the air elemental, with the air elemental spurring you forwards with its command of wind. Um, is Bobbit's cordial thirty feet behind me? Yes. I would like to cast Thorn Whip on the Coatl and try to drag it 10 feet towards me. Sure. Because, uh, wait, hold on. Is Thorn Whip do that? Uh, that may be me making things up, actually. You just think you're grasping vibe. Yeah, we can do that. Uh... Oh, come on. Why is this the one site that takes ages to fucking... Uh, yes, I, I, I can pull a creature up to 10 feet closer to me. So I would like to hit the quarter and pull ten feet and call it. I'm sorry, but it's necessary. Lash out the thorn whip that wraps around the quarter, which opens its mouth briefly in a gasp of pain, but then it narrows its eyes in determination and flaps its wings, gaining ten feet of distance. Thank you. Shadow demon swoops down in front of Bobbit, attacking you with its claws. Please don't. Bulb, that will be 
and that one the shadow demon swings at you but it severely miscalculates where you'll be and your kawaddle is already five feet ahead of where the shadow demon emerges please roll a d20 10 that is a 10 very well very well the shadow demon noticing that it's noticing that it missed you begins to surge straight up and then barrel down towards you forcing your mount mount from its determined route please make a dc 15 intelligence save to locate a new path uh, well, that was a 13 plus 7, so unnatural 20. So you notice a gap between, uh, you notice a gap between a row of trees and urge your mount towards it and manage to maintain pace with everyone else. It is Sir Lucian's turn, and from the back of his mount, he raises his returning hand axe and hurls it towards Shadow Demon 4, but he misses. Zinhorn, it is your turn. So, firstly, Zinhorn's going to command the Air Elemental to move towards Bobbit. Yep. Um, to the defend her. The wind as the Air Elemental gathers around Bobbit, ready to intercept any attacks. And then I'm going to use the vine to sort of act like a bit of a... Um, to go around the um, portal and so I can sort of hold on to it a bit better. Yep. That's a good idea. And spur and stir it on. Yep, so please make a survival check. That is a 13 plus 10, a 23. Yep, so with your vines wrapped tightly around the Kawaddle's neck, you spur it onwards and gain 30 feet. Please roll a d20. Let's use this one. That is a 4. That is a 4. Your kawaddle flies through a tangle of vines and branches. Please make a deck save. You may make it with advantage because you have your vine wrapped around the kawaddle's neck. That is a 22. Lovely. You tug upon your vine, maintaining your grip and keep pace with everyone else. Bobbit, it is your turn. You have the air elemental next to you. I do. Now, did I see Zinhorn do that trick with the air vine to give himself extra... Yes, you did. Cool. I'm going to do something similar, but slightly dumber. Since (laughs) technically my, uh... (laughs) Technically my arm works as a grappling hook in an emergency. I'd like to use it to literally tie myself to the actual, to my... Was it Quaddle yeah, that I'm writing? Yeah. So like physically tie but like wrap it around yep. a couple of times and just grab on. So your grappling hook embeds into the Quaddle. No, no, no. I was yeah. looking to embed it. So it's literally goes yeah. like the hand goes out, goes around, and then just holds yep. onto it. I'm not embedding. So you hear your Quaddle gasp. It's now got uh, a chain time. wrapped around it and a thorn whip. Quaddle. I thought the thorn whip would have gone away after he, he used it to pull me forward. Oh yeah, so yeah, but still, it's got a chain wrapped around it, so it just continues beating its wings. As I do that, I'd like to spur it on. Yep, so please make a survival check. And you have the air elemental, so you gain double the distance. And that is 16 plus 7. Yeah, so you move 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 feet forward. straight through all the turbines and bye! (laughs) Shadow Demon 4 chases after you, assistant opens its mouth and shrieks your name once again, Alessandra! Where 
happened to Rastus? He can wait. The one I summoned was much friendlier about this. That is a 21 to hit. Ah, nuts, Zach. That is 11 points of psychic damage. You need to make a strength save, please. Ow. So the DC is 15. Do I get advantage because I'm physically yep. tied? Actually, it? yes, yeah, advantage. Okay, well that works because that's a 23. 23, lovely. You managed to maintain pace. Roll a d20, please. Okay, please. Uh, 12. 12. No complications. Alright, finally. Alright, Bulb, you're up. Final round. Oh, follow it. Okay. Uh, it's been it's been three rounds since I cast Earthbind, which means those demons are. Would I be able to tell those demons are far too far away They're to rejoin far, the fight? Far away. The models travel at such a speed that it seems as if you're crossing the entire continent in a matter of seconds. Good God. Okay, I'm. Just going to use Earthbind again and just target Demon 4. Yep, Demon 4. He... Yep. Let's Strength just, save. Yep, let's just roll for him. <laughs> see yeah, let's off. just see how it goes. Let's see just do the off chance. <laughs> well, that is an 11. Hey, well done. Yeah, my spell save is 18. Yeah. So. <laughs> the Shadow Demon 4 screeches ah, as he's pulled down below to the jungle floor. Shadow Demon 2, the only one left, slashes at you with his claws. That is an yep. 18 to hit. Yeah, that hits. That is 12 points of psychic damage, and you need to make a DC 15 strength save, please. Uh. Brings me to here and strength save. Uh, that is exactly fifteen. Exactly fifteen, lovely. Because if you had lost thirty feet, you would have failed the <laughs> chase. So you managed to maintain your grip, spurring your mount onwards as the one remaining shadow demon continues chasing. Just ahead, you shout. You hear Baylair shout and. Beside you, you hear the thump, thump, thump of the Kawaddle's beating wings. Um, my D20 was a five. Ah, yes. Oh, dear. Your D20 <laughs> was a five? Okay. There, my honest nature. There shouts the... <laughs> there shouts Baylair, and ahead of you, you see a shimmering sheet of glowing, of subtly glowing golden mist ahead of you just above the jungle canopy and your mounts begin to dive towards it. The unexpected dive requires you to maintain your grip bulb. Please make a DC 15 strength save. Uh, hey, I rolled 15, but plus two, that's 17. Lovely. Oh, you wrap your arms tightly around your mount's neck as it dives and dives and dives. The sheet of golden mist rises up and the last remaining shadow demon shrieks, Alessander! As Baylair bursts through the sheet of mist and the rest of you follow behind him. The shadow demon still chasing behind you touches the sheet of mist and shrieks ah! as poof it turns into a great plume of smoke that disperses into the air 
That's way more active than the one the one shadow demon I summoned. <laughs> Indeed they are. You have completed the chase. Oh. Oh. Damn. Oh, that was uh skin of the teeth. That was intense. That was fun. And I bonk Alessandra on the head with the stuff. <laughs> it's not it's not a really hard one, it's just a yeah. dunk. <laughs> Fly up and maintain pace with Alessandra. Yeah. Just reach out with your staff and donk and then yeah. beside you Alessandra. I'm guessing the other two are probably gonna be a little bit more stern since they didn't know the situation. Yeah. Beside you, Alessandra, you see Sir Lucian uh, cause his mount to slow slightly until he until he moves up behind you and then he reaches for his blade make sure the flat make sure make sure the flat is facing you and then swings and bonking you violently on the side of your head with the flat of his blade that is for not warning us i understand the situation that we were in but a little bit of warning that it would come back to bite us in the ass would have been nice. Well, how was I supposed to know it was going to take plane shifting as an excuse to try and attack? To be fair, we've done that like three times now. It's the first time we've tried anything. I don't mean warning us now when we're planning the plane shift. Maybe straight after the encounter. Oh, hey, these demons may come back at some point. <laughs> Do so we expect it. any more of your friends to be showing up? I don't know. Honestly, look, I was half expecting the demon I talked to to come after me. I had plans for that one. Look, <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> in, in, in my defense, I did it to save everyone, because otherwise it was either I had to deal with the, the time or they were going to kill all of us. So Lucy and oh, no. Making the deal's not the problem. It's the lack of warning. <sighs> Fine. From now on, the next time I make a deal with a demon of a different plane of existence that may still potentially want my soul, I'll give you a heads up. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, shall we go on? So sure. Lu so Lucian just shouts, You are banned from the dinosaur races. I will personally put the word out and make sure of it. Big wolf, <laughs> I still have the trophies from the one I won. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Lucian threat. <laughs> the sun vanishes. <laughs> as he says after that, it's like hey, just see a bobber quietly muttering a breath, going, "This is why I kept my mate sure to spend extra to rent his booth at the dwarves." <laughs> <laughs> the sun manages to pierce through patchy clouds in this flooded region. The remains of long destroyed buildings litter the area for hundreds of feet in every direction before being overtaken by hard, blackened earth as if the remainder of the city had been burned into ashes. The top half of a gigantic tabaxi statue peers out from the murky waters surrounding the few structures of the city that have managed to survive. Beyond the smaller structures, the ground plateaus into a large garden elevated above the water, the plants and flowers having long overgrown the garden centuries ago. At the rear of the garden plateau, a set of so stone steps rise to the base of a large step pyramid towering over the area, the fabled resting place of the first emperor, Quomek. You're certain few people, if any, 
have seen these ruins in centuries. Your mounts slowly descend towards the garden plateau and touch down with a jolt on the overgrown cobblestone. You climb off your mounts, place your feet back down on terra firma and breathe sighs of relief that you're back on the ground where things are more controllable. Mm. I don't know, I think I did some pretty good controlling with my new spell. You did, yeah, that was solid. <laughs> I was sick and tired of being useless in air battles. And, yeah, no, that definitely worked. That was that was clutch. Baylia looks um. at each of you and then he looks around, taking in the flooded, ruined city around you. He gazes at the pyramid ahead and he says your destiny awaits. We cannot accompany you. The dark magics left here by Quomek repel us. But if you need to leave, hold the golden toman in the light of the sun for one minute. This will summon us back to this place to take you out of here. Good luck. Before, yep. before you leave, do you know who I am? He says, indeed, Zinhorn Aloro. I know the name of every elf who descends from my bloodline. I know your name. I know the events of your life. I know your purpose. And might I say, as one who carries my blood, I am proud that one of the elves of Cholt may be one of the heroes who restores Uptow's influence to this land. Am I the last? He looks at you and he says, do you really wish to know? Usually, I mean, yes. Hmm. Yeah, just quietly nodding in the background. <laughs> Yay for I, knowledge. What do you say? I, I don't remember much from bef before that time. I don't know. I can only assume that my parents have passed in the events that happened. He looks at you and he says, I need not answer, for you already know. Oh. He says, you are the last of the Aloro bloodline, but your legacy will be great. You're an endangered species! With that, Baelia just looks away and he says, May Abtal guide you. You will need it. This will be the hardest thing you have faced, but I am confident that you will succeed. There is a flash of light all around you and then all of the Kawadal are gone, leaving you alone on the edge 
of the raised garden plateau in the center of the sunken city that is Moratal, the statue, the shadow of the great step pyramid ahead of you, imposing. Rising horns, great, great something or other grandfather. Like Does this mean we need to set up a breeding program for Zinhorn? <laughs> I kind of think it's a little late for that. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, please, please continue. I mean, it's not every day you get to find a way to make light of the fact that someone's the last of their kind. But oh, I mean, if he like starts a breeding program for himself. <laughs> He'll have a good no, though, so... Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's such it, advertisement there. Come help it. save a species. <laughs> why, is it it, why is it when everyone else meets, like, ancestors or good things, they're all like, your legacy will be great, this will be planned for you. I meet things like that and it's all doom, gloom, and God has turned their back on you. This, this doesn't seem particularly fair. Just once you can say, you have, you're going to have a nice day. Just once. Well, after the events that we've just had, I think your day is as good as it might get with this crowd. <laughs> let's let's put it this way: we we don't have demons after us. It's just one, one demon. <laughs> I counted four. Four. Those were minions. So you mean there's more than one, more than four? There's a whole minion load. Yeah, whatever helps you sleep at night. I don't sleep. I'll well, maybe that's why you have bad days. You need to sleep. No, I legitimately don't need to sleep. I take it back, says Sir Lucian. If those were only minions and they're working for someone even stronger, I take it back. You are not banned from the dinosaur races. I am going to have your name and picture circulated throughout Portney and Zeru. You are banned from all inns and taverns as well. You know, how do I go one step further? I'll just ban myself from Chelp once this whole thing's over. Every time I set foot on this stupid continent, everything bad happens to me. Hmm. No, you no, 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 no. You don't get out of it that easily. <laughs> you need to come and help teach my, when I've got a school, you need to come and help teach magic and the evils that are out there. I seriously thought you were going to say you need to come and help teach my children then. <laughs> I, I on one hand, really flattered about a teaching position. On the other hand, hey. <laughs> Your specialty is going to be the underworld and what awaits oh, if you make the wrong. Oh, the defense Oh my god, Bobbit is the defense against the dark arts teacher. Oh no. Let's hope it doesn't have the Hogwarts course. Hey kids, we're going to be dueling. Okay, what are we dueling? Well, I summon some zombies for you to fight. Have fun. So Lucian just purses his limbs and he looks at Bobbit and he says, I suggest you take Zinhorn's nice offer for once I'm through with you. You won't be able to get any job in Port Nianzaru. You'll be banned and blacklisted from everything. Oh, no. Oh, it's okay. It's okay, Lucian. I don't need you to come and teach. <laughs> Just have Alessandro go, Oh, no. How terrible. Not being able to come to Port Nianzaru where I get shot, stabbed, beaten up by <laughs> giants, attacked repeatedly. Oh, yeah. So you are helping with those giants, too. Like, that's... That, that's a given. No, I can't come back if I'm blacklisted from an entire city. That seems like a pretty fair trade to me. 
Oh, well, we get oh, the conversation's over. Getting yelled at is boring now. <laughs> so Bobbit just walks just ahead. Just literally just turns and leaves. <laughs> Bobbit just walks ahead. Is there, you guys want to walk ahead? Or does anyone want to take a short rest? Or Oh, it's Bobbit's walking away. The vine just goes and gives her a little whack over the back of the head. I just wanted to stop being yelled at. Yeah, she gets a whack over the back of the head by a vine. Yeah. <laughs> just, just casually just takes it and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why they say I'm mostly good. That's why no one could hear me. I had my fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I was yelling health? at the dog to get away from the cat. How are you um, health? Do you I would, short rest? Yeah, short rest would be great. Uh, if a long rest is not available, I will happily take a short rest. I mean, you can take a long rest. There doesn't appear to be anything here. This city True, appears to be entirely we, abandoned, but you do know we, that Messica is something. We are on the clock and we do have to find Messica. So and then I can, I can survive without a long rest. Zinon does not need long rest. I mean, short's yeah. fine. Just take ten minutes to catch breath. Yep. So you can't... Bob okay. walks ahead and the rest of you just sit down on the weed-choked cobblestone. Yeah, I just yeah. needed five minutes away from the group, because, ow. Oh, you get back here, we have more to discuss with you. Tending to your wounds and making a meager meal of rations as everything around you is silent. The only sounds you can hear, the running water that courses through the abandoned city. Mm. Need 125, so that brings me up to... Yeah. So, but when it comes to teaching, there's going to be school, two schools that have to be taught, one in Bakamura, one in... For Anzaru. On Anzaru. I hate both in... those places. You don't get a choice. It's your obligation as a friend of mine to that teach. Sounds like, that sounds like blackmail. This gives a subtle look to the side. <laughs> Uh, okay, I've used... Yep. I should have just used my roots and I wouldn't have... Oh, well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I've used four hit dice yep. to come up there to full go. health. So yeah. Lucian was not hurt. I don't believe Zinhorn was. Nope, I'm only one. down one level four spell, so I'm not good. So as you yeah. finish catching your breath, you stand up and gaze upon form of the pyramid ahead of you and set off towards it through the overgrown garden. This plateau is the only sizable portion of the city left above the murky waters. The air is thick with the smell of rot and overgrown vegetation. The stairs to the south lead beneath the surface of the water to the rest of the sunken city, but on the north end, where you are headed, a stone step pyramid marked with strange glyphs. A clearing in the centre might have once been a small gathering area. A ten foot wide weathered carving of a maze decorates the floor. Still visible even through the weeds and vines that choke the ground. Would like everybody to make a perception check please. This is a listening check. How could he? Uh, 15. And I will be right back in two seconds. That is a natural 20 plus 10. Yep. You hear everything. (laughs) Including the little smirky comments you're making, Bobbit. What? Bobbit was just wondering if she could ban an entire continent from her store. You hear coming from 
somewhere on the other side of the overgrown garden towards the pyramid. The sound of great lumbering footsteps. Thump! 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 And then, mixed in among them, a female voice shouting in tabaxi. Oh, what do I hear? You basically hear in tabaxi, shit, 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 shit! Well, Van Nessica. <laughs> I'm gonna pull out the coin and have it in my hand. Or the golden tomine, whatever it is. Golden tomine, yep. Or yep, the rest I mean, of and just <laughs> have it in my hand. Do you want me to call out to her so she knows where we are? up to you. Oh, I'm looking for the rest of the group. Well, either we can call out and it can hear and come with her, or we can try and get it and surprise it Look, I feel like while it's way, focused on her. I feel like either way it's going to know that we're here when we try anything at this point. Yeah, but you might be able to yeah, get, get the... but if we surprise it... it. Uh, if you'd like to do that, I would ask everyone to make a stealth check, please. Disadvantage on stealth. So Lucy also gets disadvantage. Is a. <laughs> so Lucian just got yeah. a 10. I got a 4. 14 plus 8, so 22. I rolled an 18 and a 3. And how did Bobbit go? I got a 16, because I get advantage on mine. Yep, 16. Okay, well, that is two passes and two fails so i'd like someone to just roll a d20 for me please if it's six or above the group check passes this is a tiebreaker a d20 yeah i see if d10 i mean sorry if it's uh, six or above okay. <laughs> no, no i like the d20 idea better yeah <laughs> what who's rolling uh i will roll my free complimentary dice that i got oh please do uh, that was a nine. Hey. A nine. Okay, despite the fact that Sir Lucian's armor rattles and creaks and clanks like a metal man <laughs> as he sneaks alongside you, and Bulb's armor swishes and swishes and groans as the wood bends and warps, you manage to creep through the overgrown garden towards the sound of the lumbering footsteps and you will get a surprise round against as you pass through the overgrown foliage and step out into a choked stone plaza on the other side you see Messica running out into the middle of the plaza from a nearby alleyway, chased by two lumbering T-Rex zombies. Oh, not again. Please roll. Hey, zombies! Zombies, stay out of their mouths. I promise nothing. Uh, so initiative did you say? Uh, 19. Uh, 22. Another 14 uh, plus 8. 15. Okay, so yeah, Zinhorn. What a surprise! Zinhorn wins. <laughs> yeah, Zinhorn wins. Okay, so this is a surprise round. Zinhorn, you are up first. Um, so bonus action, create or call out my word for shield. Yep. Auto defense straight. Auto defense straight. Yeah. Your shield roars to life and begins circling around you. Yeah. And then going to 
charge over to like this little section just here. Yep. And then with my Eldritch Blast, I can cast Fireball as a bonus action using one of my spell slots. Yeah. <laughs> and he rolled a 3 on his deck saves. That's all damage. So, since this is a Fireball based on my spell slots, that would be 5th level, correct? Yes. So, let's see. Regular one is 8d6. That would be 10d6, I believe. just double check. Fireball. You think I've memorized how Fireball freaking works at this point? Uh, yes, it's an extra 1d6, so it's 10d6. Yes. Yeah. Seven points of fire damage. Oh, that is lovely. You just see Bubba just sitting there going, See, Bubba can cast it normally now. <laughs> it is Sir Lucian's turn. Sir Lucian is going to use his new charger feat to dash towards T Rex Zombie 2 and then make a bonus, use his bonus action to make a single attack against it. That is a hit. He deals. Full damage, 16 points of damage. Okay, it is Bulb's turn. Hey, uh, which one did Bobbit attack? And Lucian attack number two. Uh, which one is looking more actually with Sir Lucian there? 
We're still in there, that kind of restricts what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, fireball as a bird, like a chunk of T Rex on one's flesh off. Yeah, uh, that is definitely within feet. Uh, I'm going to cast Erupting Earth Ooh. under T Rex Zombie 1. He needs to make a dexterity save. That is a three. Oh, he fucked up. I need to roll 3d12s. Four. Twelve. Uh, that's, I believe, is a six. Hold on, just let me find it. Yep, that's a six. Uh, so 18 damage. And for 20 feet around him has become... Um, uh, rough terrain. Oh, lovely. So how much damage did you take? Uh, 18. 18, okay. I need to write off a spell spot. Okay. That is the end of the surprise round. It is now Zinhorn's turn again. Zombies are now truly aware of your presence. They look at you, open their mouths, and let out an ear-splitting roar. So, magic let's go again with the with my claw lightning up. Yep. Strike T Rex zombie two again. Yep. All right. He's going to make his deck save. That is a two. That does not save. So that is fifteen points of damage this time. It is Messica's turn. She sees Sir Lucian squaring down against T-Rex Zombie 2, so she rushes towards him, holding out her Kopesh blades. And she uses her fainting attack. The T-Rex goes to bite her, but she ducks out of the way. She then takes advantage of this opening and goes in, rolling with advantage. That is a 22 to hit. She strikes him for 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage. She then makes another attack. That is a 26 to hit. She strikes him for another 10 points of damage. Okay, Bobbin, it is your turn. Okay. Well, it's very happy to be back here behind everyone else, because... That seems like the safest way to not get eaten. So, the T-Rex Zombie 1 is holding difficult terrain. Lucian seems to have Mr. Zombie 2 in hand at the moment. So I'm just going to throw a fireball at the T-Rex Zombie 1. Go ahead, roll to hit it. It's not quite a fireball, but it'll do. Okay, clearly I've used too much fire yeah. today, so it just does nothing. You just hold out your hand and you feel the fire surge and it just goes... <laughs> turns into smoke and huh. swear into Baxi. <laughs> it is the enemy's turn. T-Rex Zombie 2 is going to attempt to bite Sir Lucian. It nat 20s. Oh god. Sir Lucian the takes... only way to hit Sir Lucian. Yeah, it's the only way to hit him basically. <laughs> Sir Lucian takes 69 points of bludgeoning damage. Woo! <laughs> 69, so he goes down to 120 HP. Oh, well, fuck him. (laughs) He is grappled inside the T-Rex zombie's mouth. 
It then makes a tail attack against Messica. That is a 22. It hits her for 20 points of bludgeoning damage. She gasps in pain as she falls to the ground and quickly leaps back up onto her feet. 58 HP remaining. T-Rex Zombie 1 sees Zinhorn standing there. He's going to charge straight for Zinhorn. This is difficult terrain, of course. At 5, yes. 10, 20, and he can only move another 5 feet. He cannot get any closer to Zinhorn. It is Bulb's turn. Just like the same thing before Bulb has his turn. The exact moment that Zinhorn gets... Sorry, that uh, Lucian got grabbed. I just imagine Bobbit doing it, like that friggin' thing with Loki from Ragnarok, just watching and getting eaten, going, "Yeah, that's how it feels." <laughs> um, I'm just going to produce flame and throw it. At zombie one or two? Ah, uh, one. Yes. Go ahead, roll to hit it. Uh, roll because of what I'm wearing. Uh, Nineteen. That's a hit. Roll the damage. So that is 3d8s. I really should have another set of dice out. <laughs> Two, nine, 16 points of fire damage. Lovely. Nice. T-Rex. And then as a bonus action, because one of them seems to be coming closer to us, I'm going to activate my shield. Vomit! Vomit, you shout, as T-Rex before you roars with its flesh now core to light. It is Zinhorn's turn again. Hi there, little buddy. You kind of don't want to come this way. <laughs> and he calls lightning for a third time and then runs over the other side. Yep, striking which one? <laughs> zombie one or two? Uh, zombie two. Alright, he's going to make his deck save. That is a two. Yeah. That is uh, 14 points of damage and it runs as far as he can yep. over across to this side. Across the street <laughs> to the other side. Okay. It is Messica's turn. She is going to do exactly what she did. She sees Sir Lucid in the zombie's mouth. She makes a fainting attack, rolling with advantage to hit the T-Rex. That is a 21 to hit. She deals 8 points of damage to it. And then she goes in for her second attack, but unfortunately fails to pierce its tough undead hide. Bobbin, it is your turn. Okay. Now, please these things a couple of times now. So would I know if necrotic magic works it on It will these not work. I didn't think it did. Okay, well, in that case, going to try and shake the you know, artificial hand and go, okay, fire needs to work now, please. Getting closer, <laughs> not happy. Uh, that is a 22 this time. 22, that is a hit. Roll the damage. Okay, so it's 3, 10. It is Sir Lucian's turn, and he's going to roll an athletics check, which he passes, pulling himself free from the zombie's mouth. Then he raises his sword and goes in for three attacks. Hits with all three of them. 
deals 37 points of damage. Yay. It is now the enemy's turn. T-Rex Zombie 1 takes 6 points of damage from Bulb's Flames. And then it charges across the street towards Zinhorn. And no, I came here to get away from you. Goes to make a bite attack, and that is a 25. That does hit. Okay, so Zinhorn, you take 32 points of piercing damage, and you are strained, grappled in the zombies, rotting more. Father, this is your position. No, Father's going here. And then there is no one nearby for him to make a tail attack, so he does not. Hey. T-Rex Zombie 2 once again tries to bite Sir so Lucian. That is 22 on my con save for Call Lighten. That is fine. So it rolls a 23, so Lucian holds out his shield and manages to stand firm as the rotting creature tries to bite him. <laughs> Then going to make a fucking crazy. It's going to make a tail attack against him. Rolls a seventeen, and he just digs his feet into Jesus. the ground, holds his shield in front of him, and stands firm. I'd say this is really awesome until I remember who's actually behind it. Yeah, Bulb, it is your turn. I'm going to conserve my spell slots and just hit. Zombie one again with another fireball. Uh, twenty-three. That's seven. Ten. Eighteen again. <laughs> Eighteen again. Zinhorn crumples on the cobblestone as it falls limp with a loud crash. You're welcome, Zinhorn. Now Zinhorn's turn. Oh, there goes my fiery escape plan. Yeah, that's, <laughs> only, that's only cool when Bobber does it. Hey, you, you enjoyed what I did it before. Uh, Bobber did it first. Yeah, at least Bobber didn't get eaten this time. Bobber did get eaten. We're okay. <laughs> Picks up Bobber and throws it in zombie's face. Wait, what? No! <laughs> <laughs> Since I mean, if you put on fire, then you could throw him. Why? <laughs> you wouldn't get damaged by the fire. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Not my fire. Well, <laughs> oh. lightning's still up, so... Strike it again. It's going to, going to run so... over to this side here and call lightning zombie 2. That is a Ooh. negative 3 on its death <laughs> side. <laughs> Have we managed to get negative 3 twice today? Um... So that is, that's a really good roll. That's a 10, a 7, and an 8. Yeah, yeah. lovely. That'll be enough. 20, 25. There's a great clap of thunder. Crash! The lightning strikes the T-Rex on the top of its head without any more noise. It just falls over limp. The ground shakes as it hits the floor. Messica and Lucian carefully put away their weapons as the great beast is found. This is the first time that Bobber wasn't eaten by a T-Rex. Yay! <laughs> Things are covered up, Bobber. It's a bad start, but we're getting better. Combat is over. Messica sheaths both of her swords and then she 
walks striding across the plaza towards you. And she says, well, you made good time. I wasn't expecting you to get here quite so quickly. After a month of dealing with artists, it's truly a pleasure to see you again. Indeed, she says, we are joined once more. I was expecting that I would have to wait, at least at the entrance of the pyramid, at least another day before you were to arrive. So Charla must have done something to speed up your travel. That's a word for it, yes, yes. She says the Kawaddle travel fast, I know, but... Well, you're here now, and that's all that matters, and you are well. Is Artis and Dragonbait. I trust they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a little running on our way here, but other than that, she raises an eyebrow. She says, "A running? The Kawaddle flies so fast. It took mere seconds to get to this city." Yes, well, we had, well, someone in this group had some friends turn up out of the blue. She immediately turns to look at Bobber and she says, Lady Alessandra, the past negotiations clearly had some backlash that was not expected at this time. Now, when someone says when your business is concluded, Glad I was able to negotiate one with them at all. Normally, demons don't usually negotiate. That's more the devil's position. Demons, she says, raising her voice. Yes, you are nice. aware that Ross Nassi made a pact with demons for his immortality, and she trails off. Yes, painfully well aware. We'll deal with this in time, though I think we're getting off the subject of us being here. She frowns and she says, Yes, we are all here and that is what is important. Thank you. My most recent visions and memories guided me to the plateau of Naguni, where Balia and the other Kawatl waited for me. Balia told me to trust my visions, said they come from a place of love and hope. He told me to he would bring me here and that others would soon be joining me on my mission. I do not know why I know about the nature of what is within that pyramid. I do not even know why I have come here, but I know there is something important there that will help lead me back to Mesro. She doesn't know of Shavalak, it seems. Ah, well, who wants to tell her? The talkative one. You, you know how to word. Okay, well, I will give the version of why we hear everything else. Random Sylvan word in, yeah, the, in the middle. Been, I was going to say, I must say it's very nice that you're getting memories back. We haven't been so lucky on our end. Clearly, someone out there feels we deserve to go without them for a bit longer. You spend the next 20 minutes. 
servants telling her in parting what Sergeant Mbeza said, told you about, um, tell the deceiver about how a piece of him was corrupted, becoming the Shavalak, and how Quomek, the first emperor, was responsible for the creation of this entity, and his tomb holds the key to accessing the Shade Walk. She listens intently, and then she just raises an eyebrow, and she says, So Artis was right, there is a Shade Walk, and Mesro is trapped within there. I refuse to acknowledge any theory in which Artis was good at something, so we'll just say that he got lucky and leave with that. She says, well, it's all the same to me. I came here expecting to fight the first Emperor of Cholt. If it has to end with me fighting a corrupted piece of a god, it means nothing. I will fight to restore my home, and if I die in the process, so be it. However you don't have that you died that would be lovely. Of course, she says. Well, the pyramid is just ahead. Let us waste no more time and be ready for what awaits within. As you follow her towards the pyramid, about 50 feet from the base of the pyramid, you see a subtly shimmering golden dome that extends about 50 feet from the base of the pyramid. Seems to be some sort of magical ward glittering with golden glimmers. What do you do? I hold up the coin. Bulb holds out the golden tome and suddenly a line of white light appears in the golden dome and a tear wrenches itself open letting you through. You step through the tear and it closes up behind you. Now stand in the vicinity of the pyramid. This large pyramid is made of a blackened stone pressed with sparkling bits of blues and yellows presenting something akin to twinkling stars. It has four separate levels with a set of stairs angled across the face, reaching four landings before it terminates at the very top of the pyramid. The bottom level is covered in overgrown vines and plants. Between each landing, carvings are embedded into the face of the stone walls, depicting a set of ancient glyphs. At the very top of the 80-foot structure, you can barely make out an ornamented stone stone building. So the glyphs, are they of pictures or are they of words and whatnot? You don't know yet until you start to climb. I'm just getting the correct map. Fair enough. Either way, looking at this, it's like, well, taking like the last pyramid we tried to climb, I'm sure it's going to be fraught with lovely things that will try to dissuade us from continuing. <laughs> so, uh, you notice that the very first landing in front of these steps is overgrown with all manner of vines and lichens. Well, something to be found here. It's probably underneath all the uh, vines and whatnot. Yep, not my expertise unless you wish for me to set fire to the whole pyramid. So you can try to burn the vines away if you like. 
The best. There are enough gaps in the vines that you could probably force your way through, but yep, someone should make a nature check if you want to identify them. Um, would I in any way use any spells to sit down and just, like, will the vines to move? That's that. That is the question because I don't think Druidcraft would be good enough to try and do that. No, not with how thickly they're packed. Not with how thickly they're packed in together. <sighs> is it all one vine, like one plant no, vines? You can tell it appears to be a number of different vines, all overgrown, twisted together. It's almost as if. They've been, it's almost as if they've chosen to grow this way to bar access to the stairs that lead up the pyramid. Oh, good. Sentience. Can I hold out the coin again? Hold out the coin, but nothing happens. Okay. Um... So Lucian says, we might roll out the old carpet and we could skip the stairs. Bumpy, boo Yes, so we see it. I would like to use my racial detect magic. So the dome around the pyramid instantly lights up along with tiny shimmering wisps in the air around you and you determine that there is some sort of protective field of ward around the pyramid. The only place free from this magic is the staircase leading straight up. And you suspect that anyone who tries to fly past the staircase would be struck by this ward and repelled. Was it the staircase that's covered by vines, or is it the sides of it that's it's covered the by front vines? Of the staircase, like directly in front of it, at the bottom base of the staircase, there's a big carpet of overgrown, twisting vines and lichens. I would like to use my staff to cast Speak with Plants. Okay. So I can, uh, let me actually get the actual wording. I know it's 30 feet. <laughs> Tap your staff Okay, imbue the plants within 30 feet of me with limited sentience and animation, giving them ability to communicate with you and follow your simple commands. You can question plants about events in the spell's area within the past day, gaining information about creatures you have passed, weather and other circumstances. You can also turn difficult terrain caused by plant growth into ordinary terrain that lasts for the duration. Or you can turn ordinary terrain into difficult terrain... Uh, plants might be able to perform tasks on my behalf at the Game Master's discretion. What would you like to say to the plants? I would like to ask if... Uh, what would allow us to pass through them? The vines slither and shake and 
he whispers, soft, indecipherable whispers in your head, and somewhere among them you can pass only a few meaningful words. The plants tell you that they are bound here by the one inside. Are they currently exuding any magic or is there any magic that like surrounds them, keeping them there? magic surrounding them. You see a faint trace of black coloured magic uh, emanating from the top of the pyramid and there is a trace of it that runs down the staircase and gathers at the bottom, binding these vines to this location. The vines go on to tell you Vines go on to tell you that while the magic sustains them, granting them all the nourishment they need, it causes them to attack any who would attempt to pass. Lovely. So you've uh, you've done that. So I can't just dispel magic on them. No, you can. You can dispel the magic. Yeah, but if the magic is sustaining them, yeah, they also die. Well, there is still sunlight and. Have to move them to it. You just have to somehow move them to another location. Actually, can we pick them up by the base of the roots? If they've if they've been pacified, then yes, you could lift them, detach them from the staircase, and place them somewhere else. I'm yeah, just pacify oh. them with more words. Of plan speak. Uh, I don't think I can pacify them by talking to them because the magic makes them attack anyone that gets close. They tell you that they sense that you are friends of nature and they will be willing to try to resist the magical urges if you you wish to move past. But they caution that they can only resist for a short time. Okay, well I can... Uh, how much area do they cover? So they cover the entire base of the staircase, so about 20 feet by 10 feet area. Okay, well, I can... Ooh, does the dome stop teleporting? Fuck. Um... Fuckity fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. Do you want... Yeah. <laughs> uh, has it been a long rest since yeah, we've... Um... Well, since last session, yes. But there's um, been some fights like so far this session. But... Would you like Lucien to merge with Stone, come up underneath them, and then just move them out of the way? Well, yeah, you could do that. Probably you might take some damage if they try to attack you, but if you come from underneath, it won't be a place they're expecting, so you just lift them off. And technically, I'm not magical. Yeah. When I... I would be the least magical person. Just doing magic to get to that one place. So are you guys willing to let Sir Lucian do that? Uh, it's up to Bobby because he's the... Pl- uh, no, it's up to Bobby because he's the plant person. Yes. Bobby has no implication on this if one. Sir Bobby, stay away from plants. You burn things up. Yes, because if we beat the Dark Presence in this 
that's controlling these plants, um, they will be freed anyway. So, yeah, if Sir Lucian's willing to risk it. Yeah, just move them gently out of the way. So Sir Lucian steps forwards, places his hand on the stone banister near the staircase and merges into it. You see him sink into the stone and then you see him rise up underneath the vines. They immediately go on the attack, lashing out to try and grab him, but they're not expecting him to come from underneath. And so he gets advantage on his deck save to avoid being stunned by them, which I roll. And he got a 20, which is exactly the DC needed to oh, avoid shit. being stung. And so they're unable to attack Sir Lucian as he's right underneath them, and then he groans, makes an athletics check. Roll d20. And he got a 15. And with a groan of effort, you see Sir Lucian wrench the vines off the stone, hurl them over his head, and they land harmlessly on a patch of grass behind you. I speak to them in plants. Enjoy your new home. We'll have you free soon. They acknowledge Sir Lucian the gardener. They acknowledge <laughs> you and depart their gratitude as you see some of them slither closer to the trunk of a nearby tree, creeping around it. Hmm. Oh, well, Sir Lucian, I have to tell you, that was quite effective. It's like Jim's mowing, but Sir Lucian style. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, I will be back in five ten minutes. I just got to put all the animals away. Okay. And so you begin to climb. And are you guys going to climb the stairs? I mean, if he says it's the only way for us to get up without being repelled. Yep. Okay. So slowly you begin to climb the stone stairs that, even after centuries of disuse, remain firm, even with all the moss and creepers covering every surface. You reach the first landing and here, Bobbit, you see that the engravings are a mixture of drawings depicting scenes from Cholton mythology and tabaxi lettering. On this first landing, it reads thus. The god Uptau brings three tribes from the land of Katashaka, Mazdika and Aeonus. Guided by the Kuwadal, the three tribes meet upon the peaks of Hawaii. It's actually the mountains where bulbs kobolds live. So according to these runes, this is where the three tribes that were first brought to Cholp met for the first time. Those are the tabaxi, like, the tabaxi tabaxi tribe. Yeah, the human tabaxi, not the cat tabaxi. Oh, Mastica is technically... Yeah. Well, yeah, Mastica is where the cat tabaxi are from, yes. Yeah, that's like the original ones. Yeah. Move up to the next landing and find reading here. 
the greatest of the human tribes, the Tabaxi, a name now adopted by the Catfolk, built grand cities in the name of Abutau. This city, Moratol, being the greatest of them all. Move to the next land, and here there is an ominous carving of a great, a great dark moon exuding tendrils of energy upon people gathered below. Yep, that's the letters read a great darkness came to the humans, many of whom were seduced into betraying Abtau. A great battle erupted between the peoples, consuming the city. Okay, cool, cool. Ancient city, ancient people, evil moon things, sending people mad. So far, so good. You climb up to the very top landing and find the last passage carved here. It reads... The ruler, Quomek, seeking redemption, sealed both himself and the darkness within his tomb, warded by the spirits of the jungle. Oh good, so of course naturally getting in here to get the thing that we need is going to unleash the darkness, which, oh just for the sake of a guess, we're probably going to have to fight in some form and it's probably going to be horrible for everyone, especially us. Indeed. Uh, what about Miss Sorry goes? So, just moved up the stairs and at every landing there was a verse carved into Baxi and it basically just told the story of Uptow bringing people to Cholt and how this was the first great city they built. And then darkness came and caused corruption. And then Quomek, the ruler, sealed both himself and the darkness within his tomb. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, lovely. You will be a little bit more useful in this giant tower. A big map saying you are here. It's just a staircase leader. <laughs> There's not much of a yeah, it's not exactly a maze here. That that probably comes later. This is just a straight shot of a lovely history lesson. At the top of the zig at the top of the pyramid is a field of dead trees and rotted plants. Huh. A small stone building stands at the center of this area, its walls decorated with a myriad of colourful glyphs, sigils, symbols along the walls, and ornamented domed roof. Bronze double doors mark the only visible entrance, and in the very centre is a small circular indentation. Would you like everybody to please make a perception check? I'm going to pretend that I'm rolling. Yes. Well, that's a ten. I well, it's a pass for Sir Lucien. Well, I'm just staring. I'm rolling, right? Bulb and... 22. Yep. I've rolled this dice twice, and both times it's landed cocked. How did Zinhorn Act! Uh, there we go. Uh, 17 for me. So, so there's a group pass. So, in a beyond the dead, dying trees and vines, you see flickers of movement, and then you catch sight of five humongous spiders crawling in the 
overgrowth that surrounds the stone building, one of them much larger than the others. And as they move, you see their bodies flickering and shaking as they phase in and out of the astral plane. Oh, oh, that's bad. I mean, that's really cool, but that's really bad for us. What would you like to do? Hey. Bob wants them. Obviously. Yeah, Bob wants to learn of them. You know, beings that are clearly flickering well, in between planes of existence. That's fun. I just... I would just tell you straight up, Bob, you cannot awaken these because phase spiders are not beasts. They're actually monstrosities. I can't imagine why. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, um, Do I know about the ghost walk spider? Yeah, I'd like to try and nature check that one. Make a nature check, please. Uh, that is, I believe, a 17, but two seconds. Uh, nature is, no, that's a plus seven, so that is a 19. So you recognise the four smaller spiders as phase spiders. The larger one is one you've never seen before, but you have read about. Incredibly rare. It's known as a ghost walk spider. Is essentially a phase spider that has been allowed to exist for centuries at a time, absorbing magic okay. and grows into a larger form. So I would know that this then would also be a monstrosity, yes. not, a not a beast. Okay. It's very cool. You've seen them and they don't appear to be aware of your presence, so... So, are they arranged around the little hole? Uh, well, the little hole would be here. So they're okay. crawling around the building, but none of them are actually right next to the door or the hole. Okay, um... Okay, the others can do what they want, but I'm going to ready reaction. As soon, if these start to attack us, I want to misty step right in front of the hole and place the golden termine in the yep. slot. Um, if the others don't want to do anything, then I'll do that as well. Do you want to just misty step right up, insert the golden toe mine, and... Well, if the others don't want to do anything to try and so what do the others stop these guys. Can I read anything that's on, like, these pillars around the area here? I'm guessing I'd have to actually stop a little bit from there. Yes, you would have to. Hang on. They look important. Um, Oh, hey, no, um, it's going to be so good to have you here tomorrow in person so you can actually roll the dice. <laughs> well, you know, I've never rolled a dice in a long time. We'll <laughs> have actual internet connection for more yeah. than five seconds at a time. <laughs> M1, B2, yeah, yeah. between realities. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first <laughs> In an alternate reality, M1 has internet. <laughs> so, um, can I use Know Your Enemy? Or do I have to be in combat to use that? You could use Know Your Enemy. So... I have... 
Who looks the most strongest that Who so, would be no enemy based on useful one? Yeah, probably right the now. big one. So when in doubt, pick the big one. You examine yes. the large spider for a few moments and you determine that its armor class is 15 and its challenge rating is 9. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that's fun. Sure that's why. That no Does it look like it could be having a weakness to any or aversion to fire? They do not, as far as you know. Well, my eternal fire is going to be put back in its place. Back, back in the box. Back in the box. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks for letting me use that. Zimborn. Zimborn Bowl. Zimborn Any ideas? Fades in and out of the astral plane, but there doesn't appear to be any any pattern to it. It's just something they can do, and so it's basically yeah, I don't want to if they're going to be there when you try to hit them. But that said, the phase spiders are grouped up. If you could hit one of them, you could probably have a fireball wipe out both. <laughs> Question. Yep. Is there spider webs everywhere? You see no webs. Okay. I have a different idea, but um, I can use my furball ability to turn invisible for one round, and I believe I have enough movement to get to the yeah. circle. So I could just become invisible and walk up to the circle and place it in instead of using a spell ability. So, Pinhorn can also go spider form and take the thing across. Yes, but given that these are not native spiders in the material yeah. plane, they may see any other type of spider as food. Uh, so, Bulb, you want to try to do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the invisible one first uh, instead of the... How large are these things? smaller ones are medium sized and the ghost walk spider is large good to know so bulb closes his eyes raises his hand to his face and fades out of view turning invisible and you see dust kicking up off the stone as he makes his way walking across top of the pyramid bowl, please make a stealth check with advantage. Oh, that's just a normal stealth check for me then. You're getting advantage because you're invisible, but these spiders do have other ways of detecting you. Yes. Well, I also have disadvantage because of my half plate, so it just makes it normal. That's a nine. Well, oh. I'm going to burn my inspiration. Go, go ahead. Because I kind of want this to work. I don't know if it's going to totally nullify them, but uh, that's better. That's a f 14. 14. So you creep towards the door and you see all of the spiders slowly climbing across the wall, stopping and slowing down with each step you take, almost as if they can feel the vibrations. Oh, no. Make no move towards you. You reach the door. Place the golden toman into the slot. 
inserting the golden tome into the indentation causes the coin to emit a golden glow which bleeds out into the line carvings on the doors before they open, splitting the coin in two on either side. On the other side of the door, you are almost blinded by a flood of vibrant gold light. It spills out through the doors, and as it spills over onto the top of the pyramid, you see the spiders recoil instinctually in fear, scuttling away over to the other side of the pyramid and out of sight. I become visible and start waving the others over quickly. Uh, wave the that others. That worked a lot better than I thought it would. <laughs> glance at each other and then step across the threshold into the blinding light. Instantly the light dissipates and you hear the sound of the stone door slamming shut behind you, trapping you in the pitch black darkness. Oh great, what a two. What's this now? Like the third or fourth one? Tries 
everyone think? It is what Alessander does best. Uh-huh. All right. So, Alessander, as you take a step forwards, the four, the four spirits at the front unsheath their swords and hold them up a gesture of warning while the fifth, the one clad in the armour of a commander takes a step forwards drawing nearer to you he opens his mouth and his voice booms throughout the great open room identify yourself I am Alessandra Bray Burton daughter of that's name. That's terrible, terrible child. Dad, what was your name again? Dalmas, right there. Dalmas? Oh yeah, there it is. Daughter of Dalmas of House Raybird, chosen of Uptown. We have come here to. Right. We've come here to gain access to the city of Mertu, where Mesro now lies and hopes to restore it to its former glory. Please make a persuasion check with disadvantage. I'll yeah, explain why you Oh, you watch. I'm going to put some of that stuff up. So, that's a good one. Okay, so disadvantage there. That's still a 19. The spirit grabs the hilt of his blade, slowly unsheaths it, his eyes narrow, and he says, Ray Burton, Mesro, I know not these things. You may have heard of Sir He says, you will have one more chance. Identify yourselves or leave. Dark time for all of Cholt. The great battle for yeah. Great darkness has spread across this land. Time where natural fortification, threatens to finally finish its consumption and corruption in this entire land. We wish to aid in its destruction and the restoration of this continent as a whole. We would rather not have hostilities. Please make a normal persuasion check. Okay. Because the one rare time I try to use my bloody title and it doesn't do shit. Uh, 26. Shavalak states the commander. He looks at the other raids. They look back at him silently. He stares at you and he says, My name is Zumok, captain of the guards. We were the last line of defense against the minions of the spirit of corruption known as Shavalak. The spirit was capable of infecting the hearts and minds of others, causing them to commit unspeakable acts. Before others realized what had happened, our ruler, Quomek, declared himself emperor and put to death anyone not disavowing Uptown. But with the help of the High Lord's most trusted advisors, Master Neliok and Prince Ahutan, Komek was freed of the Dark Spirit's grasp, and the act caused Prince Ahutan himself to become
become possessed by the darkness, murdered everyone within the temple. Using a holy artifact, Quomek called upon an, as an aspect of Obtal and sealed Shabalak's power within the dungeons below, which would then forever become Quomek's tomb. We have waited here until this day when some would come to cleanse the evil from below and remove the stench of Shevelak from this realm once and for all. The look on his face changes to one of somber determination. He says, I request, brave warriors, that you vow to put an end to Shevelak and grant myself and my fellow soldiers a peaceful rest. At this, Messica steps forward. She immediately bows her head and says, I promise. Very well. We shall grant you your eternal rest and we shall cleanse this land as we have already promised. What about the rest of you? Have they been speaking uh, to Baxi this whole time? Can we ask? Yes, yeah. actually. Well, I'll quickly just turn around and go, okay, clip note version. They want us basically to vow to cleanse this place and let them off their eternal rest, considering it means they're not going to try and kill us. I suggest you bow and do as such. Aren't we here to cleanse this place anyway? Yes, which is why this is very easy. Everyone bow. Messica just nods and she says, It is my duty to die for Uptow if needed. I cannot think of any reason why I would not vow to bring these brave men to their rest. Everyone, please bow and nod. Bow and nod now. Oh, bows. Okay. And so does Sir Lucian, seeing everyone else. He just... Always in similar vein to anything that's gold and glittery. And as yeah, was... he, he doesn't... Bad, he sort of lowers his head a little bit. <laughs> uh, he's going to gloat about this later, so it's fine. <laughs> Very well, states the spirit. We will stand here at guard. We will stand here at our post, as we have and will for eternity. But you are free to enter the pyramids. The evil awaits in the dungeons below. Once it is cleansed, we will be able to depart to the afterlife. To reach the dungeons, move up the stairs beyond us. Examine the fountain on the other side, and you will find your way. And with that, somber looks still on their faces. The five spirits slowly fade away. Cool. I'll pass the information on to everyone else and just yeah, stand yeah, yeah, basically I'm visibly I'm relax and goes, Well, oh, it's nice to see that uh, even without the titles working, that there's still some rational and spirits. <laughs> and so, you have the way ahead of you beyond the fountain marked with Umtau's symbol, a stone staircase leading further down into the pyramid, but also on the far right of this room, a set of wooden double doors leading into a side chamber. Where would you like to go? Well, side chamber means equipment. Yeah, um, well, it may not be equipment, it may help us. I would like to look at the side chamber. Yep. Alright. 
So you all head over to the wooden doors that lead to the side chamber. And you find with all of the time that has passed, the wood has deteriorated to such a degree that it appears to be fused together shut. An athletics check will be required to break this door down. Lucian? I will flip the lovely oil over my body to slip through. No, you just need to break it. You don't need to slip through. Forwards, ramming his shoulder. So Lucian rushes forwards, ramming his shoulder into the door, shattering it into splinters. On the other side, another stone staircase that leads down into a vast open room already seen debris, bits of furniture scattered around the room, the bottom of the staircase. This must have been some sort of ritual chamber. Do you wish to move down the stairs? Oh. Yep. Move down the stairs, so Lucian's flame flickering, lighting the room. As you reach the bottom of the stairs, you see what looks to be 10, 20, 30 tiny circular pinpricks of light staring out of you from the darkness. Please roll for initiative as two ghost walk spiders and two phase spiders scuttle out from the shadows towards their prey who have entered the room. Scuttling. Well, fuck. The scuttlebutt. Dun 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 Wow. What has Lucian got? Uh, Lucian has got a 17. Oh, I'm not going first. That's a 14. Wow. Oh, wow. shit. So Lucian I rolled a, gets to go first. I rolled a 6. Can <laughs> so, so Lucian, Lucian just gloat for that first yeah, two seconds? Oh, first. my God. Oh, my God. Look at me. He's yeah. sort of ready. He just sprints across the room towards one of the phase spiders and goes in his sword. So that is a nat 20 plus two hits, which means he also gets an extra attack because his great weapon master feat activates and he makes a bonus attack for critting. That is a wow. hit. That is four D eight. Moments are fucking shine. Plus, that's four D eight plus four times eight is thirty-two. So for those of you wondering what the fighter is good at, okay. So Lucian <laughs> deals forty-nine points of damage and slices the phase spider asunder huh. a single blow. Oh. Yep. Okay, that is then. a great way to start the campaign off. Let's do this. <laughs> it is now the fa- it is now the spider's turn. Oh, no. Phase spider one scuttles across the room towards Nessica. Goes in making a bite attack. That is a 16. It just hits her. She 
takes nine points of damage and she needs to make a con save, which she passes. And she takes an additional 17 points of poison damage, so 26 points of damage altogether. Ghost Orc Spider 2 moves up to Sir Lucian. It is going to make two bite attacks. First is a 19, which Sir Lucian blocks. And then the second is a 27, which hits cool. Sir Lucian. Sir Lucian mm. takes 22 points of piercing damage. I so killed your cousin! 20, <laughs> 22 points of piercing damage plus 6 poison damage. 28 points of damage. Bringing him down to 92 hit points. Ghost Walk Spider 1 looks at everyone in the room and it briefly turns invisible, merging into the astral plane. Seriously, that's not fair. How does everyone keep doing this? Pops back into the material plane right in front of Bulb and Zinporn and it makes two bite attacks. One against each of them. <laughs> the first will be the first against Bulb is a 14. Uh, misses. That misses. Bulb Holy takes shit. out of the way. And the second against Zinhorn is a 23. That hits. So Zinhorn, you take 15 points of piercing damage. You need to make a con save. Oh, and a con save. Oh my, that, that, that's, a, that's a lovely uh, nat 1 plus 5. Okay, so you take 11 points of poison damage. Ow. It is Zinhorn's turn. Actually, no, wait, it's Messica's turn. Oh, wow. She's going to make a fainting attack against the phase spider in front of her, rolling with advantage. It's not a good thing she did that because she only hit on the second. Deals 13 points of damage to it and then makes a second attack, rolling a nat 1, unfortunately. She's still hit it for 13. It is now the first turn. Okay. Well, since this thing has delightfully placed itself right in front of me... To wild shape into a bristled moorbounder. Yep. So what now? Bristled moorbounder. Have you turned on one of those before? I know. No, he's not. That's a new one. I, I have, yes. Oh, yes. What is it called? A bristled moorbounder. Bristled moorbounder. B O I S T L E D. Not a beef bristle. No. Bristled. Okay. Bristled. Sorry. Hairy bounder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I caught a bounder. Oh, shut the fuck up. Sugar boy. I had and cheeseburgers. I had going to... Okay, so I'm going to just do a multi attack. Yep, and you will be rolling with disadvantage as a constant. Uh, 
Ghost Walk Spider constantly phases in and out of the material plane with disadvantage on anyone who tries to attack it. Uh, well, I rolled an 18 and a 12 plus 6, so that's 18. 18, that is a hit. Roll your damage. And it is 2d6, that's these things right here. That is 8 plus 4 is 12 points of slashing damage for the first one. And then a claw attack. Yep. Again, that's an 18 to hit with disadvantage. And that is 4d4. You can actually have all these ones. Uh, all those four. That is cocked. Four, seven, ten, twelve plus four is sixteen points of slashing for the claw attack. Lovely. Okay, Bobbit, you are. Okay. Uh, looking at Zimhorn Bob, looking at the Zimhorn I haven't had a turn. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's yep. Go ahead, Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to use my action to Thorn Shape. Yep. Which gives me 42 temporary hit points and bonus action to activate my shield. I didn't do much, but I wanted my action to actually do that. <laughs> yes. So basically, I just defensed myself up yep. to get ready for my next turn. Well, defense. <laughs> defense went hard and sharply. <laughs> it is Sir <laughs> turn. He grabs his sword and goes in, swinging at the spider in front of him with disadvantage. He still manages to get three hits, though, because he God. does get plus 15 to yeah. hit. I'd like to think with a plus... Well, he can't miss. Yeah. He said the AC was 15. Yeah, he, so he, can't, yeah, he, he can't miss. He physically cannot miss, only <laughs> with a nap. God, one. he reaches through the damn... Hmm. Yeah, ethereal plane, never heard of it. He deals 39 points of damage to the phase spider, and then he's going to spend a superiority dice to add an extra... 10 points of damage oh, with a God. precision <laughs> strike. <laughs> Which is chucking these up? Oh, he's gonna gloat about this for a while. Of its legs. This thing, so just needs to be the juggernaut state from Deadpool. Every time he gets into this little mode. Stop this, motherfucker! Enemy's turn. 
Ghostwalk Spider 2 makes two bite attacks against Sir Lucian. There's a 13 and a 19, so he blocks them deftly with his shield. And in fact, he's going to use his reaction to make a repost attack, giving him a free melee attack against this spider. Which, which of course, he nabs when he's on. <laughs> Meaning he gets an extra attack. Oh, for fuck. Because of his great weapon master. Again, if it wasn't, 19. wasn't for the fact that Lucian's technically a gigantic arsehole, this would be an insane wouldn't Yeah. So that is going to be for the nat 20, 30 points of damage, plus 11 points of damage, and so Lucian leaps forwards and slices the Ghostwalk Spider's head clean off. Wow, this is... Again, you just hear Paul from the other side and go, no, I'd be really impressed if you weren't trying to actively get me banned from Courtney Andrew. Ghostwalk Spider 2 charges a bolt, makes a bite attack that is an 18 on the first. Damn it, that just hits. Oh. Even with my shield. 16 <laughs> points of piercing damage and you need to make a con save, please. Uh, I get to do those with advantage because of a feat that I took. <laughs> uh, uh, 14 plus 8, that's uh, 22. 22, yep, so you take 7 points of poison damage. Yeah. Then, Thank you. Oh, uh, I'm thorn-shaped, which means it takes uh, nine points of damage, piercing damage. Yeah, so it does. Yeah, nine points of piercing damage. It recoils. I am currently covered in poisonous yeah. thorns. It recoils away, turns its attention to Zinhorn instead, <laughs> reaches out with the two of its four legs, and that is Zinhorn, a 22 to hit. Oh, it's... So Zinhorn, it wraps you in its legs and carries you into the astral plane. Aww, lucky. And there, in the astral plane, with its legs wrapped around you, it opens its mouth and covers you in astral silk and then just leaves you there, returning to the material plane. Your eyes go wide as you see 20 or 30 phase spiders sprinting through the astral plane towards the grave that their mother has left for them. Lucky. <laughs> that means it is now Messica's turn. She's going to rush straight up to the ghost walk spider. She's making a fainting attack, which means she gets to make her next attack normally. That is a 21. She hits it and deals 10 points of damage. And she goes in again with disadvantage and nap one is going to strike it. Okay. It is now Zinhorn's turn. Zinhorn, you are trapped in the astral plane. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Yeah. You are trapped in the astral plane. Must attempt to break free of the webs. Please well, considering I do two d4 piercing damage to anything around me. Ah, yes, that'll give you advantage as you tear some of the webs off. Please roll an athletics with advantage. Athletics with advantage. That is a 16. 16. 
Unfortunately, you failed to break free this round. The first of the phase spiders get to you and start biting into your flesh. Dealing... 30 points of piercing damage. Oh, that's bad. It is now Bobbit's turn. That's probably a good thing he's wild shape, but that would suck a whole lot more. Bobbit just sitting there going, Hey... Back or show Bobbit wearing wags. <laughs> it is now Bob's turn. Okay, I'm going to. Is everyone still there? Because everything just went quiet. No, no, we're here. We're here. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to produce slime onto my staff and yep, whack this it. spider yep, over the head. Disadvantage. Uh, what is my physical hit? I've used magical to hit so often that I've forgotten. <laughs> so that's... Uh... Well, you know, you can use your magic bow to hit bonus if you cast Shillelagh. Yeah, I don't have Shillelagh. Uh, that's a 12, unfortunately. <laughs> Twelve for my first attack. Okay, I'm gonna use my extra attack because I get that because of Thorn Circle. God damn you and your disadvantage bullshit. Yeah. I know, but that first roll was on that twenty. Uh so I got thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, strike at the flame surge across its body and it flips over onto its back hissing as it dies and then Zin oh. pops back into existence tearing the last of the webs off his body oh well that was oh my god are you okay what happened where did you go tell Bobbit everything tell Bobbit everything <laughs> like you just you were teleported without means of portals or teleportation how does this work now the combat is over, Sir Lucian's flame illuminates the room and allows you to see what awaits within. Someone's not answering! Answer me! <laughs> oh, currently you are getting spiked by bristles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was probably a more traumatic experience and an actually harmful one. A number of trinkets and holy relics lie scattered about this scorched chamber, most of them damaged by fire. The remains of a small altar are against the east wall, the base of the altar decorated in beautiful yellow and white flowers. Uh, let me know when ten minutes is up. Yep. Because I still have thorn shape until then. Yep. Well, uh, might go and inspect that with the religion check to see yep. what the Go ahead and make a religion check, please, Bobbin. Zimhel just stays near Bobbit. 19. You 
see <laughs> several symbols that once were symbols to Uptown. They've not been used in a very long time, but it's enough to tell you that this is an altar to Uptown, and the flowers have been planted here as planted here as an offering to Uptown, and thanks to the magic emanating from the altar, they have continued to grow and thrive. On top of the altar is a small wooden box that magic has held it intact. Where's the box? What? You can try to you can try to see. Um, wait. Does the world still have detect magic going? Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Detect magic is an hour, so. You can detect some conjuration magic coming from the altar itself. Likely, this is what sustains the plants. But the box just appears to be a normal box. The box okay, Bob? No, box seems to be normal. Oh, really? uh, that altar, is that the altar, is that the same type of magic that's making the plants outside angry? No, no. This is, this is, no? Okay. This is divine magic. Okay. Oh, fine. You'll the altar and open the box. That's the box. Alright, open up the box What's in the box? find a single rolled up piece of parchment. The parchment has a gold edge indicating this is a scroll of some importance. Oh, well. It matches my armour. Oh jeez, giving Bobbit a really important looking scroll. <laughs> Might as well open it and see what we got. Okay, you unfill the scroll and you find looking first level. Or annoyed at this point, the campaign whipping out first level spells at me. You unfurl the scroll and find a scroll of power word kill. Jesus! Oh, you just see, but Bob, it's just sitting there, like hands shaking, looking at this scroll. It's like, okay, everyone, party dance. <laughs> just gonna roll that sucker up. Just put the pockets, Bob. It, Bob it. <laughs> Yeah, Bobbit has forgotten here. Yeah, Bobbit wants wishes to learn a Vada Kedava. Bobbit yes. only has four moves. <laughs> We're just gonna just that is some goddamn power right I can there. Give you twenty GP for that. Nope. And that's all I can give yeah, you. The best I could do is fifty bucks. <laughs> so Lucian and Messica reach into their packs, pull out potions, and drink deep, recovering from their wounds. Um, How much does Sir Lucian so heal and does he need to, more? He's up to 160, which is fine. So oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry. Because <laughs> I took cure wounds after listening to the last fight. I mean, yeah. I have cure wounds as well, but... <laughs> That's just a pile of debris, Bob. So nothing... Nothing there. there. That's okay. Clearly I've gotten what I need from this room. Just... Holy shit! So you return... So, yep, yes, Sinhorn. Zinhorn comes out of Moorbounder form Back to you. and just goes to Bob and goes, That was the best experience of my life. Friends everywhere. What? <laughs> tell Bob, how, how, did, how did it work? How did you teleport there without tele means of teleportation? How does any of this yeah. work? Explain. Can I, tell, can I tell if you're like putting this on to annoy Bob or uh, Bob it? <laughs> I'm not rolling inside, I don't care. I, yeah, I, I'm excited by this. If someone else wants to roll inside, go ahead. Bobbit's like genuinely like, wait, no, you can't just 
Right, hold on. <laughs> so. I just appeared out of nowhere, and then I looked around, and then there were just friends everywhere. So many things to play with. And so... Yeah, and then you brought me back. Bobbit's oh. not even gonna try insight, because Bobbit knows that Zinhorn wouldn't lie to her. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, if we come across another fucking spider, you're going to willingly get <laughs> yeah, Let's willingly go! go <laughs> so you return to the main chamber and stand at the top of the stone staircase that leads down further into the pyramid. Thankfully this time as Sir Lucian's light illuminates the darkness, you see no signs of movement stepping down into the great hall. This room is covered in broken furniture, rotted plants and scattered bones. Smears of dried blood stain the stonework all along the walls and floors. The symbol of Uptow is barely visible beneath the debris. A cylindrical pool of dark water sits atop a dais on the western side, on the westernmost side of the chamber. This must be the fountain that the spirit is referring to. to it, Bobbit, and you see the water still unmoving, murky and dark in the basin, and you determine that it is almost exactly the same in construction and function. This is a portal to a different realm, or a different plane, or at least somewhere else. Somewhere else, not here, definitely not here. Plane, different location. But there do not appear to be any other doors in the room, and... Messica <laughs> <laughs> oh, just looks around and she shrugs and she says, I see no other way forward. We have no choice but to step through the portal. Can I go over it? Can I go under it? We'll have to go through it. You mean vaporize. Uh, so, who wants to go through the random portal to the unknown location first? I know how to get there first. It, it might take you to the astral plane, of it. Yeah, it might. I mean, Bubba was going to volunteer anyway, but okay, just wanted to be nice and see if anyone else wanted to go first. Nope. So, Bobbit, as the first one to approach the basin and look into it, I'd like you to make a wisdom save, please. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have plus seven wisdom saves, so I'm not expecting this to... Oh, sweet Jesus, that's a nine. I rolled a two plus seven. That's a nine. Well, nice okay. going, everybody. Oh, I probably screwed. So... You take nine points of psychic damage and ah. open your mouth, involuntarily letting out a scream. The water is actually a mass of writhing shadows. <laughs> Staring beyond these writhing shadows, you see that the pool itself is actually the entrance to a shaft that descends below this room to the catacombs below. Oh. Narrow steps are set around the inner wall of the shaft, leading down into pitch darkness. Hey, someone else can look now. <laughs> Anyone? Oh, well, you are stepping up. Yeah, <laughs> Messica sees you recoil uh. and she moves forward. She peers down. You see a 
look of shock emerge on her face, but then she turns around and she says, The way down is through there, but I don't like the looks of whatever's waiting. Um, am I still in Thornship? Yes, you are. Cannonball! I'm not even going to look. Yeah. You just run... Bulb just runs forwards, leaps through the massive shadows and lands on the narrow yeah. spiral staircase below. See, Bulb watches this and goes, Wait, so Bulb's not scared of the scary Bulb, but Bulb it is? Insanity, I say! Jumps it after him. <laughs> Messica shrugs, climbs over the edge of the basin, and Sir Lucian follows. Zinhorn, you are left alone. What do you do? Well, when in Rome, <laughs> or when locked in temple, <laughs> begin to make your way down the narrow stone staircase that leads down the shaft. The only, the only means of vision you have at all is the flickering flame lights from Sir Lucian's flame. Otherwise, you would think that you've been swallowed up by living darkness. During your descent, strange, unintelligible whispers echo through the area. Okay, we're back here again. Guys, the voices are back again. Eventually, the staircase ends. Your feet touch down on compacted earth. Around you, you see a mass of half-collapsed, narrow caverns carved into the earth itself. The only thing, the only means you have knowing what is the of knowing the right way to go is this ever-present sense of dread evil and corruption that seems to beat like a heart from somewhere deep inside this catacomb how would you like to hone in on it to know the way to go directions well, you can make someone can make an insight check to try to determine the correct uh, Correct direction. Uh, Bulb can make it with advantage because he has the tech magic activated. I might as well. Oh, sure. Robinson, allowing anyone else to do wisdom stuff for the moment because that sucks, dude. Twelve plus five. That is seventeen. Twelve plus five. So, Bulb, you raise your hand, halting the party, looking around and seeing, sensing. The source of this dark magic while the indecipherable whispers continue chattering away in your ears and tuning to it you determine it comes from somewhere to the northwest so you beckon for the party to follow you leading them through the catacombs to the northwest after a few minutes of making your way. Well, for some reason the map's not loading. Sorry, just give oh, it a wait, sec. wait. Let's give it a sec. As you make... Yeah. After a few minutes of making your way through this twisting maze of collapsed corridors, passing by... Passing by... Tunnels blocked by debris. Stone doors that have long ago shattered and crumbled away find yourself staring at a set of two thick stone double doors on the other side of them you can feel an intense sense of corruption beating 
you have found the heart of this place. What would you like to do? I'm going to re-thorn shape because I imagine by now 10 minutes has definitely passed. Uh, and I'm going to apply produce flame to my staff. Yep, you're going to activate Zinhorn, Bulb, going to activate your shields. Yes, actually. As your shields fly up and begin to circle around you, step towards the foreboding stone doors. There's something about them that unnerves you, even though they are nothing more than stone slabs, featureless, no carvings on their smooth surface. Sir Lucian, would you like to roll an athletics check, please? Oh, I'll let you roll for me. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead and roll the real dice. Just oh, a d20, well, then, uh, please. Just a d20, man. You don't need all of them. <laughs> oh, wow, these are... Very nice. Thank you. Very yeah, the, the white gold I thought was a nice touch. Three. That was a... They don't seem to like Let's you, Let's spend an inspiration and roll that again. <laughs> they don't seem to like you very 19, much 19, 16, much better. So Lucian groans as he slams his shoulder into the stone doors and they, with a loud crash, they burst open, revealing the room on the other side. Strange greenish glow emanates from this chamber. The walls are painted in rich colour patterns, its beauty masked by the sickly green hue. A container constructed of dark red stone is set into the floor in the centre of the chamber, a sarcophagus. On the north wall, several jugs and decorative relics are placed in carved stone insets. Between them, a five-foot diameter stone disc hangs on the wall. The disc is decorated with several precious gems placed in the midst of a sigil. Carvings are intertwined around a carving of a complex maze in the centre. Bobbit, you instantly recognise this as a symbol of Uptown. Well, good news is... Standing beyond the sarcophagus with the stone disc behind him is a knight wearing plate armour where his head would be where his face once was there is a skull its eye sockets glowing like red flames he raises a hand in silent Greeting. Just, just, just a quarter hand just quietly raises back up in response. Just, hi. Then he says, Tell me, what brings you to the tomb of Quomek, the first emperor of Chult? Way to stop Shavalak. I'm back. Sorry. Uh, so you're just going to say. Speak, does it speak? Wait, what language does it speak? You don't know what language it's speaking. All you know is that as its voice booms out, you can all instinctually understand. Oh, everyone can hear it. Okay, that was just me. Okay. Um, we're here to stop Shavalak from continuing its path of corruption across Chol. 
Well, I certainly thought it'd be nice to pay respects to the first emperor. Ah, says the skeleton knight. Looks at each of you in turn. And he says, I am Ahutan, the son of Kormek. My father lies in the sarcophagus before me. His rest, eternal torment, as it should be, as he brought ruin to this city and to his people. And my duty is to guard him, to wait here for the day when friends of Uptow would arrive. Oh. Friends who would oh. stop Shavalak. Can, uh, can I do a religion check to see how death knights are created? You can. What is my religion? Oh, it's only plus two. Come on, good roll. Come on. Hey, that is a soft 20. <laughs> I rolled an 18. <laughs> soft 20, okay. So you stare at the strange figure as he talks and... Remember reading of terrible, evil souls, death knights. They are essentially the martial equivalent of a lich, a blackguard, fighter, or paladin of an evil cause who is so bound to their evil cause that they continue to serve it even after death their dark patron bestowing upon them powerful undead abilities. Hey, now that I know that, how do I tell the others about letting him hear me? I don't know, mm -hmm. do you? Let me have a look at my abilities, Arthur because I don't think anything fucking does this for me. Arthur continues, gestures towards the stone disc blazing with jewels behind him. He says, if you are here to open the gateway to Shavalak's realm, all you need to do is place your hand upon the stone disc. Can I roll anything to check the stone disc? I mean, sure, you can make an investigation check. Uh, I'm just gonna come out and blurt it and say that this is a death knight and that they are pure evil. You're just gonna blurt it out? Well, I don't have any other fucking yeah. way of saying it without him hearing. <laughs> so as Bolt blurts this out, the rest of you remember what the spirit upstairs told you. That Ahutan was the one who cleansed his father and became infected with the same darkness in return. Ahutan's bony jaw twists into a smile. He simply says, So the ruse is broken. If you will not free me, then you will die. I mean, Roll for initiative, please. I mean, eternal rest is considered freedom in a way. Nine. For Bob. Nineteen for, uh, Bobbit. Nineteen for Bobbit. 13 for Sir Lucian. Wait, hey, wait, it's, it's, it's alert. It's 18. Yeah. Oh, I still do it virtually. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, hey Bobbitt. Bobbitt, I got an 18. 18. What did Bobbitt get? Bobbitt got 19. Okay, so it looks like Bobbitt's going first. Yeah. 
Bobbit, you're up first. Okay, so an odd question, first and foremost. We know how these things are created, right? Yes. Bolt well, Bol blurted it out and it's just said, it's a death knight. He's risen by a force of evil to do their bidding. So something on the lines of say like a curse. Perhaps. Perhaps. So if you were to be throwing a curse on him, I mean you could try. You could also yell at me and ask. Yeah. And I could respond limitedly. No. Yeah. Their vow for evil kept them alive. Yes. Uh, their yeah, vow to serve evil kept them alive. Animated by its own will. In fact, I don't know if Bolt just divulged this, but Bolt know that when a death knight is made, they store a piece of their soul within their weapon, keeping that as a receptacle. They are if, essentially if... a lich. But, their souls are in their weapon. So, Bob saying this, Bobbit, understands the implication that a death knight is basically a lich. Okay. Sir Lucian, if Sir Lucian was a lich, what happens when a fighter is granted eternal life rather than a spellcaster? Right, well... Mildly annoying, but okie dokie then. In that case, I'm going to use my action to cast Armor of Bones on myself, which is going to look absolutely dope as shit in my werewolf and were tiger form. Yep. So just casually have Bones basically plate over this lovely were tiger and just goes, Guess we're doing this the hard way then, figures. Oh, Bolt's already blurted it out and alerted it. Yep, so. and I will move up towards yep. the Death Knight. Rush towards the Death Knight. I go can't into attack at attack. the moment, but at least this oh, way yeah, it's not going to... Right up close. Is there anything else I could do with bonus actions? I yeah. don't think so at the moment. Okay, no. at the end of your turn, he uses a legendary action to strike at you with his obsidian black longsword. That makes sense. That is an 18 to hit. That doesn't hit. Yes. Let me just make sure, let me just check to see if that does anything for um, bones. No, it has to be a successful attack to do it, but no, my AC with Wear Tiger and Armor of Bones, my AC is about 23 at the moment. It is now the nice. Death Knight's turn. He rises his hand, the one that's not holding the sword, and you see a magical ball of purple fire materialize within his fingers. He raises his hand and hurls the Hellfire Orb, gonna lose this ability once per day, oh. right into the centre of the crowd. I need Zinhorn, Bulb, Sir Lucian and Messica all to me, all to make deck saves, please. I'm glad I moved. Oh, Just for Sir Lucian, that is a failure for Sir Lucian. That is save, so that is a 14. 14. Okay, so there's a failure for Zinhorn. How did Bold go? Sorry, I was muted. Uh, that was a 4. Failed. Okay, that is a pass for uh, Messica. Oh, that's good. So each of you take 38 points of fire damage, including Messica. Oh, that makes sense. But then. 38, did you say, yep, sorry? 38. 
But then Zinhorn, Bulb, and Sir Lucian each take 33 points of necrotic damage, and Messica takes 16. Oh, I hate him. So Sir Lucian is going to make use of his charge of feet. He's going to ready himself. Then he's going to charge forward 10 feet in a straight line, triggering his bonus act, bonus attack from Charger. And he's going to move in, getting four attacks. Yeah, Lord. How about buddy? It's going to be 4d20. So that is, unfortunately, one of them's a nat one. And one of them also doesn't get high enough to hit. M1P, get this solution. You get to be in person and watch Banana Slip. <laughs> you feel your feet slide from that familiar feeling of the banana peel, but you ready, you straighten yourself right at the last moment, swinging your sword to get two hits in, and you deal. Plus 16. This has been a recurring gag in my yeah. campaign, man. This is chosen. 24 points of damage to the Death Knight. <coughs> and Sir Lucian will also spend one of his superiority dice to make a precision attack, getting an extra one point of damage. <laughs> At the end of Sir Lucian's turn, the Death Knight uses a legendary action to swing his sword at Bobbit. Uh, quick question. Yep. Is the Death Knight considered undead? Yes, it is. Please make a wisdom Oh, most definitely. However, he is immune to those effects. Ah, well, that, that's pretty bad. Alright, Yes. Uh, okay. Raises his sword and swings at Bobbit. That is a 22 to hit. That doesn't hit, mate. Yeah, I agree. Just, again, not even using his shield or anything. It just, yeah. just hits the bone, just look down, just look back up. Uh, it is Zinhorn's turn. Is that Orby thing still up, or was no, that just that's, sort of that one? exploded and it's gone. Oh, good. It left me with some low health here, so... Uh, Zinhorn is going to get angry. And transform into an Alahant. Yep. And it's going for a trampling charge because he's 20 feet away. Yep. So you roar, stamp your feet, and charge around the sarcophagus towards him. Flanking him, by the way. So it needs to make a strength save. Yep. He's going to make a strength save. Be a 15. He does pass the strength save. So you said it was flanking, which means I get advantage. So that is a 23 to hit. Yep. 
6, 11, and 2. Uh, 6, uh, 11, uh, 13 plus 6 is 19 points of piercing damage. Use the highest spell slot that he has left to cast Heat Metal on this guy's sword. Oh. So that's fifth level. Yep. Uh, he uh, so he automatically takes the damage anyway. Uh, but that's. Uh, uh, I did just look this up. So 5d8, uh, I'm going to roll that in Discord because I don't have 5d8s. <sighs> 25 fire damage, that was some pretty good rolls. Uh, and then he has to make a constitution save. Okay, so he has res- magic resistance, so he gets to roll this with advantage. So that is yeah. an 18. Oh, he just made it. Fuck you. Ah, uh, yeah, he made it, but he keeps it. Uh, so I'm going to keep concentration on yep. this for the next round. See the edges of the onyx sword, of the obsidian sword, grow bright red. And the Death Knight looks at it, but he maintains his bony grip on it. And at the end of your turn, makes a legendary action to hit Bobbit with his longsword. Okie dokie. That's a 29. Okay, see, that one hits, but he is going to take a... 3d6 piercing damage as I... Uh... Yep, so go ahead and roll that as your armour of bone um, snaps out towards him. Uh, okay, so it's 7 points of piercing damage. But... So how much damage do I take from this? I guess this is going to hurt a little bit. So first of all, you take... Eight points of slashing damage, okay. plus twenty-six points of necrotic damage. Yep. Okay. 
is now out of legendary action. He sure is. And it is Bobbin's turn. Cool. Cool. Part of me wants to wail on him, however, I'm going to move directly in front of the Death Knight, so I'm sort of yep. making sure it's a and I'm going to cast Armor of Agathus on myself. Oh, just to double down. Just to go the full trio of the defenses complete. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, feel free to hit me again if you want. <laughs> it is the Death Knight's turn. He raises his sword in the air. And. Raises his sword in the air and casts Destructive Wave. Fifth level. Oh, he strikes the bad. ground with the help with the edge of his blade, creating a burst of divine energy that ripples outwards from him. He selects uh, a number of creatures within 30 feet of him, and he's going to select all of you. Of so I need everyone to make a con save, please. Yay. I can do that. Uh, 17 plus 8 is 25. Yep. 25. Five. One sec, that is 17. 17, okay, so how much do you get, Bulb? 25. Okay, so Bulb, Sir Lucian, and Bobbit passed. Okay, so you take. Still gonna hurt like hell. So, uh, Bulb, Bobbit, and Sir Lucian take 14 points oh. of lightning damage. How does that work with armor vehicles? It's not a melee. That's right. um, Yes. Messica and Messica and Zinhorn take 28 points of lightning damage. And then uh, Bulb, Sir Lucian and Bobbit take 17 points of necrotic damage. And Zinhorn and Messica each take 34. Oh. And Zinhorn only loses one HP because that's all it's looking at over elephant for. Uh, so Lucian is down to 60. Hey. 66. Fuck Death Knights. Yeah, these guys are not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to make. I'm not even going to attempt to make con save, so he loses. I lose the heat metal. Oh, yep, okay. He loses the heat metal. Okay, it is Sir Lucian's turn, and he's going to start by using his bonus action to second wind, giving him 24 hit points back, which brings him up to 90. Yeah, it does 90. 6 plus 24 is 90. And then... He is going to swing with all three of his attacks. Go ahead, you may roll it three times. Four, that's see that Four, two, and three. Four, two, and three. Let me just see what your hit is. Okay, so the two hits, the others do. The two does not hit, but the other two do. So that is two hits from Sir Lucian, because you get plus 14 to hit. Or plus 15 to hit. So 2d8 plus 16 is 26 points of damage. So you swing your sword into it. 
And then Sir Lucian is going to action surge. Rolling another three attacks. Hitting with three more attacks. 3d8 plus 24. He deals 41 points of damage. And somehow the Death Knight is still up. At the end of Sir Lucian's turn, the Death Knight is going to spend all of his legendary actions. Oh, oh no. He's going to use all of his legendary actions to cast Destructive Wave again. Uh, so I need wait. everyone to make con saves, No, please. I'm counterspelling that one. You're counterspelling it? Very well. That's, that hurt the first time. Yep. You cast Counterspell, it fizzles away, and it is now uh, Zinforn's turn. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, power would kill would work if you yeah, sure he's less than 100 HP. Yeah, but that's the thing, you don't know. You don't know that it's... I can can. Yeah, but I feel like this is something I want to say for... Uh... Yes, I'm one of those RPG players, but I might do it for something bigger. Well, you can use it in the final boss fight. Zinx out of poor cashier. Zinhorn uh, is going to start his turn by doing a mass cure wounds. Yay! That's probably a good idea. I was going to do heal, but it's just on myself because I'm at 28 health right now. Yikes! So, mass cure wounds it is. That is. 3d8. Oh, that's 7 and 7 is 14 and 6 is 20 plus 5, so that's 25 healing for everybody. Oh, I'll take that. So that's 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 back up to 150. I'm going on record and saying I'm really glad he's further than 3 of his reaction to try and. Yeah, cast that down. Yeah, now we can't do it there. Yep. Good. And then I'm going to Missy Step over to Corner. Yep. Using my one Missy Step per day of her long rest. Yep. To get well and truly out of range of that sword. Yep. It's now Messica's turn. She draws her Kokesh sword, runs around and flanks the Death Knight opposite Sir Lucian. And she's going to go straight in with two attacks. The first is a 21, it hits. She deals eight points of damage. When she goes in with a second one, it's a 23, it hits. She deals 18 points of damage. The Death Knight stumbles, nearly falling over, and then he readies himself for the oncoming onslaught. It is now Bob's turn. Bob is just going to do heat metal again, but this time at fourth level. Yep, so roll the damage. Uh, six, twelve, fifteen, twenty-two, twenty-two this time. Twenty-two. He had five HP left. Hey! His sword hey. glowed bright red, and he screams, "Ah!" Dropping the sword as the flickering red lights in his eye sockets vanish. <laughs> And with a clatter, 
the plate, suit of plate armor falls to the ground. However, the sword is still intact. And you see black smoke already pouring from it towards the plate armor as he begins to reform. So now remove person. Uh, the spell magic worked last time, yes. didn't it? Uh, the spell magic at fourth level. So Bulb steps forwards and casts a spell magic. A crack runs down the length of the sword, shattering the blade in two, and the flow of darkness stops. A great scream pierces the chamber as Arkhantan's body bursts into a swarm of writhing shadows before the suit of armour and the bones dissipate to nothing. There you go, now you can rest. Also, this is gonna sound really terrible saying it loud, for all my preparation and setting things up, apart from counterspelling that one destructive wave, I didn't actually do anything well, in that fight. you did tank a lot of these I hits, I, took, I tanked hits for other people, but as far as actual physical, I didn't land him. I didn't touch him. Actually, that's no, a lie. I hit him when he hit my uh, bone armor. Everyone, loot the room! Combat is over. Yeah, well... Yeah. The yeah. greenish light around the... The greenish light that serves as a ward around the chamber vanishes, and then suddenly the spirit of Cromac, the first emperor, appears above the sarcophagus. A middle-aged, dark-haired, dark-skinned human wearing ornamented armor decorated with coloured feather plumes. Well, is immediately taking the knee. What does everyone else do? He's admiring the plumage. Yeah. Zinhorn's just in the corner, or probably on the ground. Zinhorn and Bold kneel while Sir Lucian just gazes at the plumage and says, Oh, I like that. <laughs> I bow my head respectively, but I don't kneel. In, in fairness, I'm not nearly, I'm just on the ground. technically evil, but come on, this is like the first Emperor of all of Schultz, so this is kind of the deal. The spirit of Cromek smiles, he looks at you each silently, and then he opens his mouth, and he says, I know that Shavalak intends to return to Cholt. This cannot be allowed. Shavalak is a corrupted aspect of Abtau, a being of negative energy created by the abuse of power by mortals. He bows his head by my mistake. Since Uptal has gone from the jungle, Shavalak can only grow more powerful. The dark spirit must be destroyed in his realm before he grows so powerful that none can stop him. I know not who you are, but you defeated my guardian, my son, Ahutan, brought him to his eternal rest. And that speaks your intentions loudly. If you like, I may open the portal that leads into the Shadowfell. Can, can, can we take a, can, can we take approximately eight hours to rest before we go? Oh, you can rest once you arrive. Mm. He's just waiting there. <laughs> Literally just hanging over his thing going, So... Oh, I've been dead for a while. <laughs> Still more excited. <laughs> he, he, says, he says time is of the essence, yeah. but... You deserve to catch your breath. He says the portal may be opened at any time. Reach into my sarcophagus, and inside you will find a shard of Shavalak himself.
himself. That is the key. Take it out to the plaza where the great maze is carved into the ground before the pyramid. Insert the shard into the very centre of the maze and the portal to the Shadowfell will open. Hey, first of all dips on that. Two questions. You not probably kick it at this point because I'll say he's still just kneeling. Just what was points to the thing that was behind us that the Death Knight was interested in going? What would have happened if we'd done anything to that? And he says, he looks at the stone disc and he says, It is that disc that generates the ward that held Arkutan to this chamber. By placing your hand upon it, by having an outsider touch it, the ward would be dispelled, freeing him from this chamber so that he may wreak his evil cause and serve Shavalak in the outside world. Fair enough. Next question. Do you have anything down here that could aid us against Shavalak? He looks at you and he says, You have fought well, and so I will grant each of you a blessing. You may choose of any of these. A blessing of health, a blessing of protection, or a blessing of understanding. Mm. See, this is why you ask nicely for things. So the blessing of health will increase your constitution by two. I can't do that one. The blessing of protection will grant a plus one bonus to your AC and saving throws. And the blessing of understanding will increase your wisdom by two. Oh, oh my god! Understanding, understanding, understanding! <laughs> wow! I mean, I can't do, what was the second one? So I can't do constitution. Uh, the second was blessing of protection. You gain a plus one bonus to AC and saves. That wouldn't work for me either, because I use mage armor, so... Well, no, yeah. it would add to that. It's just a pl- no, flat plus it, one to your AC. No, because my AC stays at 15. It's when I use mage armor, it's the spell itself, so it's not yeah. like... Well, this would make your... AC 16. It's just yeah, a... Yeah, but Mage Armor still doesn't go any high because it's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because well, it's, it's, de- it's like 13, uh, it's whatever it is. Well, it would go, it would add plus one to whatever the maximum of Mage yeah, Armor is. Yeah, but I like the idea of Bobbit taking understanding and boosting her worst stat to something half decent. Yep. So what about Zinhorn and Sir Lucian? Well... My constitution won't go uh, go up because I've got the amulet of health. Yes. Uh, well, it can still go up a further two points. No, I, I don't think that up to for the blessing up, of health yeah, that's your, up to twenty two. Yeah, but, but that's your original oh, constitution yeah, mod, yeah, not the right. yeah, that's amulet correct. of health. Because otherwise, yeah. yeah, I would have taken that one in a heartbeat. Do I know what Sir Lucian would take? <laughs> yeah. Do I want to be even more buff than I already am? He gains so this, the, the AC would be nice, but the wisdom one would get me to a plus six for wisdom. Same. That still saves now 19. As is mine. <laughs> Sorry, I have a big heart. Oh <laughs> Just hold on. Mm, I wonder what that is over there. <laughs> Gilded armor or golden sparkling armor? Oh yeah. my god, spell saves 19. So you're 
takes <laughs> understanding. So everyone's taking the understanding except for Lucian, who's taking the health. Quomek smiles and he says, So it is done. The blessings shall last until Shavalek is destroyed and Uptal's influence returns to Chult. My hopes go with you, heroes. Do me proud. He smiles once again and fades away, and then with the sound of scraping stone, the lid on his sarcophagus slides ajar. Well, that is making a beeline for the shard of the evil piece of Uptal, just, yup, sorry, tips. You reach into the sarcophagus, Bobbit, and you pull out a sharp, triangular-shaped shard. At first, it looks like just glass, but as you hold it up, is illuminated by Lucian's flickering flame. You notice that it is pitch black. It's almost as if it is solidified darkness. Cormac's voice booms across the chamber once more. Go to the stone maze. Place it in the centre. And then your final journey shall begin. that, I conclude this week's session. Yeah. Yay. Each gain one point of inspiration. Yay! Yay. I replenished the one that I lost. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I walked for that. How many day, in-game days have we walked for? A long time. It's been approximately two years since the start of the campaign. I was going to point that out the start of next session. Yeah, it's still fine. Hi, Ivy. We are good. We're about to wrap up. But thank you for... Thank you for joining us. And yes, I know the music was slightly louder. I'm going to fix that in post. Um, It's because we're all in... We're in person and I've got the microphone. We're live. But yeah. Um, Okay. So thank you for everyone for joining us today. Next week, we'll begin... Part one of the finale mm. of this campaign. As the oh my! Don't know how I feel about that. Two weeks yeah, oh. As the party enters the Shadowfell on their journey to defeat the source of all corruption, the darkness that brought Asarak to Chult, the darkness that destroyed Uptar's influence, forced him into hiding. The darkness that led to Rasmussen and every, every horrible event in a series of tragedies leading back thousands of years that have afflicted the land of Cholt. Two more sessions to go. Will our heroes be able to triumph? Please be sure to join in in the coming weeks and see. Then after that, a grand with a brand new set of characters. It's a whole new world to live in. With a brand new attitude. Pokemon Johto. Don't so... So I want to thank Archangel K and Ivy for joining us and thank you to Reggie so known as Alex for the follow hey. start of the session. Hey. Thank you, Reggie. 
Thank you, Reggie. Reggie. Back next week. Tomorrow we are all in person for our vampire session. That won't be live. It will only be recorded, but that will be popping up sometime over the weekend. So please stay tuned. And until next time, remember the Death Knight beckons, but he lies. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone.